This is a Danger Entertainment Podcast. DangerEntertainment.net Danger Entertainment Podcast Network. Please note the thoughts, opinions, jokes, and every other bad taste that the guest and the host of Hobie, aka the History of Bad Ideas, is of their own, is not associated with any companies they may work for, any firms they work with, any advertisers, or anybody else in general. Remember, it's just a joke. episode number 190. I'm Jason. I'm Jeff. I'm Blake. Yay! And it's just us this week. It's kind of nice. Old just school. us. Oh, just the two of us. We can make it there, there, if there, we there's try. There's three of us. Oh, he invited Jeff back? Yeah, unfortunately. Damn. He's you know, here. I'm sitting over here oh, alone hi, at this end oh. of the table. I'm still here. I oh, thought hi. he was our sound technician. Well, you know. Because, you know, I don't talk to any of the non-podcast hosts. What? <laughs> uh, Jeannie is not here this week from Salty Language, but she is no longer Jeannie from Salty Language. The fans have demanded it. She is Jeannie from Hobie. <laughs> so Jeannie will be back uh, sooner than later. Uh, pe- a lot of people loved her. Uh, so And nobody didn't like her. No, that's a, that's a first. That's yes. a big, big first. Scab Jeff, take notes. Uh, so I'm just saying that Jeannie got a seal of approval. I'm surprised she's willing to come back after she only got like 75 cents on the IOU that we pay her guests. She'll get. She's going to negotiate for 80 percent next time. <laughs> I don't make those up. That's Jason's patriarchal fucking me. salary it's wages. It's the intern. The intern's in charge of uh, writing yes. our IOUs. <laughs> uh, welcome everybody. Can we uh, talk welcome. about one thing? Can we talk? Can we talk? Can we talk? Jerry Lewis died. He did die. Yeah, that is pretty Don't, depressing. No, not really. Yeah, it is. He did a lot for the military. He did a lot for, for charity work for charity and work. the military. But he was an asshole. In <laughs> his later years, can you blame him? He played second fiddle to Dean Martin all those years as the idiot. I mean, after all those years, don't you think you have some bitterness build up? <laughs> I have bitterness now, and I don't hey, have Dean Martin. Hey, if you're the number one French icon of, of comedy, wouldn't you be bitter, too? <laughs> um, yes, he did die. I remember his telethons, and I actually yeah. used to like the tel- telethons. 
Uh, I enjoyed them. Then they start cutting them back. I don't even know if they do them anymore. Do they, Jeff? They do something, but I don't think they actually... Oh, ew! Talk about we just found a cherry in here. Throw that in the garbage can, please. This is a rotting cherry from last week. That's your own fault. I can <laughs> tell the janitor's been here. <laughs> it's your own fault. Damn you. Sorry. Continue. Yeah, sorry. Um, so, anyways. Lady! I remember... Freud I remember his telethons. I used to enjoy them, except for the parts he came on. But he always had different talent, and it was just kind of cool to see him do, like, 48 hours or 72 hours or whatever he did. And then they slowly cut it back to, like, 48 hours. Then 24. Then I think the last one was, what, 10 hours, I think? Yeah, probably. And now, I mean, they still do fundraising. I don't know if they quite do a full telethon or if they just maybe come on during commercial breaks. Hey, give us some money because we're trying to be nice people. And, you know, it was pretty impressive that, he, you know, they'd had all that. It was kind of fun to see. But he he was just, an, he has not had many good stories behind the scenes of anything. He did a lot of good charity work there. Yeah, I'm about to say, I suppose you're allowed to be an ass if you donate all that time and money to charity. Sure. Well, he was like, what, 91? Mm-hmm. 91. All right, so think about this. You know, uh, the, the most... Famous Jerry Lee, Jerry Lee Lewis. <laughs> the famous Jerry Lewis um, bit that's been in social media in the past couple years was essentially his uh, asshole reactions to this um, clueless millennial kid who went to go interview him. Do you remember that from a couple? You I know? do remember that. Yes. And I if you that. and if you are Jerry Lewis and you're a grumpy old man, you've been <laughs> in the entertainment you know business for seventy plus years. And you agree to do an interview, and this jackass kid comes to interview you, and basically it looks like he got his information from Wikipedia. You know, I can understand him. You know, that interview started out nice, and then it turned south really quick when Jerry figured out this kid. I should say young man. It got really uncomfortable. But, you know, here's basically what I have to say. If you're going to go in and interview Jerry Lewis, you better know who you're interviewing, <laughs> and his impact on American culture for the past 70-plus years. And can, can you imagine being a grumpy old man? I mean, as grumpy as it is when you get old. I mean, grumpy's a given. I'm going to be a grumpy-ass old man when I get older. But can you imagine being a grumpy-ass old man and then dealing with the younger generation that has no clue with what you were and what you did? And then there's you throw that grumpy-ass on top of grumpy-ass, and I don't blame the guy, honestly, tell you the truth. So, uh, Elliot Gold, the actor. Now, now he's become a grumpy ass too. By the way, <laughs> he yeah. says this of Jerry Lewis just oh, recently. My. He blatantly tells you on network TV that he is the epitome of socially conscious man, a great humanitarian. Actually, he's one of the most hostile and unpleasant guys I've ever seen. And then pouring in. And that's coming from Elliot Gould, who's become an asshole too. I mean, if he's an asshole and he's calling Jerry Lewis an asshole. He was accused by two of his sons of being a cruel and abusive father. Well, that I don't stand for, but... Mm-hmm. He uh, divorced his wife of 35 years and married a girl half his age. Uh, as many Hollywood icons do. <laughs> the one thing I thought was impressive is... I mean, I mean seriously. Boy. <laughs> that's what our president does every 20 years. <laughs> this, I mean, Supreme <laughs> Overlord. I mean, sorry. I'm sorry. Supreme Overlord upgrades. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't he mean replace wife. Have you ever seen? <laughs> have you ever seen Cabin in the Woods? If he doesn't marry someone every twenty years, the giant gods are going to come and blow up the earth. So it's yeah. a ritual that I mean, he's doing. I mean, that's how we've kept North Korea from nuking us. <laughs> What's North Korea? 
<laughs> the fact that he's been renewing his wife every 20 years. <laughs> renewing his wife. I mean, that's our only salvation against North Korea. I mean, Melania's only got how many more years left? And he's more going to have maybe? to go younger again. Maybe 10? Or maybe that's the secret to his power. Is she power. Baron's mom? Is she? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I just want to so, make sure. Yeah. Maybe okay. that's, that's the secret to his power. <laughs> I, no, and I wasn't trying to be mean. I was just asking. If, I thought yeah. she was. Okay. No, I was trying to be mean. <laughs> uh, in 1950, him and Dean Martin made $10 million. That's I, a pretty that's impressive. That's, that's, yeah. Uh, that's impressive. Yeah. Dean so, Martin probably got about eight of it. You think? <laughs> I think. I bet you he probably got he probably got 60, 40 or more. Because I'm Dean Martin. Because he was I Dean Martin. Girl swoon. Lady. Uh, let's see here. That will be... And uh, today, are you trying to equivalent to today's? Yes. Today's income? All I'm right. calculating. Enter a number. All right. So in the meantime, we're going to yes. fill this dead time <laughs> with... Uh, yeah. Not, I'm filling it with Pez. Yeah. Oh, oh that's Pez. my mouth I'm filling. I'm sorry. So Jerry Lewis, Breath of Silence. Okay. Anyways. Breath of Silence. Um, we got a... We don't take a moment. We just take a breath. You weren't here for that episode of the wrestling that we deemed it no longer a moment of silence because I never stopped talking about it. All right. So it goes breath. Okay, fine. So, uh, Blake, we have a bowling charity event this week. That is correct. Please tell us about it. Uh, Essentially what this is this Saturday at the Coleraine Bowl between 1 and 5 o'clock. That's 1,300 to 1,800 or 1,700. I wouldn't have known. That involves but anyways, uh, Bowling for the Brave, uh, essentially, it is a, a nonprofit uh, charity that essentially takes nominations for veterans and picks a veteran and honors them for that day. And on that day, they also raise money uh, for um, a Talbert House in which to – it's 100 percent charity. That means 100 percent of the money raised goes to the charity. They don't keep anything. So Coleraine Bowling Alley and this little Bowling for the Brave uh, group, they essentially raise all this money. You can uh, rent a lane. Hobie has rented a lane. Mm-hmm. And, Hobie will uh, be there. We'll be there. And we'll be bowling. And um, there will be split the pot. There will be gift baskets that you can bid on. And everything is donated by private individuals and public entities uh, for your enjoyment and for your consumption. And the veteran that we honor gets a special Cincinnati Reds jersey. And in two weeks, we'll get to stand on top of the Cincinnati Reds home dugout mm-hmm. and get their name and biography and a standing ovation from the crowd. And they get to be waved at. Get to be waved at and everything else. Yeah, very fun. So, yeah, if you're in the Cincinnati area this Saturday from 1 to 5, uh, come by, stop by, check us out. Rumor has it, Ape Hands will be there. Oh, yeah. That's the rumor. I want to see I want to see what a you bowling ball... you want to show up then? No, yeah. no not you. I, I want to <laughs> no, think Ape Hands will just I want to see, yeah, see what a bowling ball looks like in Ape Hands' hands. I think that should be a, a game. I think, we, should, I think we should take a photo and post it. How big of a bowling ball can he palm? At least 4 pounds, 8, yeah. maybe 12? I don't know. Yeah, and, and you know what? For everybody, I don't think they make bowling balls in four yeah. pounds. Just to let you know, yeah. I think they do. I think for kids. eight. I think eight, eight is, is the, the lowest. Uh, lowest. Oh, okay. Well, I stand corrected. Yeah. As I, someone who used to sell and drill uh, drill bowling balls, uh-huh. Jason, you should have known. Did that. drill some bowling balls back in my day. I don't know if I'd brag about that. <laughs> no, I went on. But seriously, I think for all the fun that we make mm-hmm. fun of a pans for, mm-hmm. 
I think uh, the listeners should see his hands mm-hmm. holding a bowling ball. Yes. So that they understand what I'm talking about when I said, God damn, your hands are huge. <laughs> you got gorilla hands. It's going to be interesting at the expo, Blake, when you see yeah. Dev up close and personal. Dev yeah. has some hands. Mm-hmm. He's got, well, Tiny regular hands. size hands, but he's got a larger than uh, most people. Uh, Rest of his body. Yeah. So. He's got an Andre the Giant kind of frame. He is a cuddly you would bear. Think, you would think his hands would be bigger. But uh, the bear but the bear canes don't look as small in his hands. No, no, no. Okay. No. Uh, just to let you know that uh, the uh, video that you're talking about with Jerry Lewis going off on the Millennial, it is now going to be up on our Facebook page at the History of Bad Ideas. <laughs> I just posted great, it. <laughs> great, great. How, how not... How not to do an interview 101 for new journalists. Yes. We should not be doing this at the Comic Expo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, the inflation is $101.5 uh, million. 101, 500,000. Yeah. So, so it was, how many you said? 10 million? It was 10 million in 1950, 1950 if you do so, inflation. So over 10 times now? Yes. $10.15. So, yeah, it's keeping pace with the million. cost of college tuition. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck with that. I think it's way past the cost, or college tuition is way past the inflation. But a hundred and one million dollars they made, you know, to our time. That's pretty impressive. So, uh, Amy, uh, did you guys want to talk Game of Thrones? Because I heard it was a pretty good episode. You did. I heard it was. I don't know. I never saw. I it. thought it was the worst episode of the series. Oh my god! Okay. I, I thought. I just every time something else happened, I said, "Really." Okay. Are you shitting me? <laughs> well, okay, maybe not. Really? Maybe maybe I just saw people talk about it. Uh, I didn't see what they well, said. Well, hold on a second. But, you know, that that's kind of actually a good preface for Jeff because I thought it was pretty good episode and I thought it was pretty neat stuff because I related it literally to the meme of like a Dungeons and Dragons party going north of the wall. But the action was good. The visuals were great. However, some of the plot choices and the things that happened maybe go Really? Yeah, exactly. exactly the same. Everybody, my initial reaction was, wow, that was a really good episode. But now I was like, wait a minute. There are several times that things were happening when I said, what? Really? Wait. Huh? What? And then when I started to really think about it and, and break it down, yeah, I think it was really kind of a shitty episode. Yeah, I pretty much on take, a you whole. Take out, uh, you take out the fighting dragons. Yeah. Then I've, there's not much left of that episode and that I, I can say was. I, I did like the concept of them getting stuck on the rock in the middle of the frozen lake. I mean, that was kind of cool. You it, know, it was contrived, but but uh, yeah, but okay. So let's let's go ahead. And, all right, Game of Thrones spoiler. All right. If you haven't seen this episode, you're stupid. <laughs> By the time you listen to us, obviously, yeah, because because there have been plenty of spoilers thrown out there. By the time you're listening, to hey, us. exactly. If you're trying to like avoid everything to this point, there's no hope for you. <laughs> well, jump ahead ten minutes. All right, so let's let's really think about this. When they left the wall, I thought it, the meme about them being in Dungeons and Dragons party, yeah, I actually thought was pretty cool. And so they're going north, and of course, my first observation was nobody's wearing hats. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw people complaining about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, get, get, with, no head, hood. with no head cover. Gendry had a hood. Yeah, and they were calling him is. the stupid one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, he's wearing a hood. What do you mean stupid? Okay. Now, I do like the conversations that they broke out between the characters along the way. So yeah, they, they okay. paired up characters and their conversations. 
I think those were very good story builders, basically some fill-ins in the past, and maybe gives you a little insight to some of the characters' motivations. And I, changing other and, things that and they changing did other things earlier. Like, in, well, they contradicted correct. things that were they mentioned earlier in the series. Yeah. But okay. You know, such as? Such as? Give an example. Uh, Jon Snow, you look nothing like your father, where everyone said Jon looks more like his father than any of his other children. Yeah, I mean, that's what was stated. Well, that's why Catelyn hated him so much because he looked more like Ned than any of her kids did. That's part of why Catelyn. Hated I thought Catelyn hated him mostly because he, he was, was a bastard. bastard. But yeah, but he was a bastard that every time she looked at him reminded him of Ned, so she could see Ned in John every time she looked at him. Okay. You read All right, but anyway, but yeah, <laughs> I know. But I thought it was an obvious nod to the uh, Rhaegar plus Lyanna. Well, Stark. that's exactly what they're doing. They're changing the yeah. facts of things that were said before. Okay. All right. So, anyways, there, there's, there you go. You're right. Uh, the whole Thoris, Thoris uh, um, Amir, Thoris Amir. You know, with a uh, with. Uh, with uh, Mary Mott talking about being the brave guy, and I thought it was pretty funny that Thoris basically admits, you know, I was so drunk that day, I don't even remember. I was blackout yeah. drunk. That was good, yeah. And he's like, oh, so honorable. Another thing that I liked was, uh, of course, you know, Thormund and his Brianna references are pretty funny. Yeah. I, I mean, he, he's provided some great comic references, and I, I love it. I think it's really funny. But I do enjoy the conversation that he had with Jon Snow in regards to kings and bending the knees and prides and how many lives it costs. Yeah, another thing that... You know, so I, I do... The, the exact same conversation that Jon had with Mance, where Mance said, this is not about pride, and if you don't understand that, then I can't explain yeah. it to you. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I do like that, and of course it was foreshadowing that, you know, he's going to... you know Bend the knee. Bend the knee. And maybe... Bone Daenerys. I mean, married Daenerys. <laughs> but uh, so to be, you know, the joint uh, king of the north and the new queen. But it, uh, maybe. But um, I, I do like the fact, you know, those are the things that I took away from it. And I did like the fact that they're on the rock in the middle of the frozen lake and they're all, they're all the army of the undead chasing them. And they all stop because they keep the ice breaking in. I did yeah. think that was pretty cool. And I was like, yeah, yeah that's, pretty, that's almost like kind of like a D&D encounter. What do you do now? Now it's well, yeah. and and have Gendry run back. Uh, apparently, he became Flash because in the hours and hours and hours they walked, he made yeah. it back pretty freaking quick. is he quicker oh, than Barry Allen? Because I heard everyone is. Now hold on a second. Uh, listener feedback teaser: There is a, a question in you and me about the Westeros traveling time travel yeah. <laughs> possibilities. Well, so we, we don't have to hand. get into that. It got it, out of hand. It's been getting out of hand for the past several well, no, episodes. No, see, the only problem, you can just say they weren't actually you know, traveling real fast. They were just cutting out weeks at a time. This time, this time, they, the time, unless they were sitting on that uh, frozen the time lake it takes Jedry to run back to the wall to send a raven to fly all that way south to the dragon to get on and fly all the way north. It, you're right, it was like you know, speed up time travel, yeah, you know, but okay, unless they were on that lake for four days, yes. Now, the the Night King, obviously, yeah. a great javelin thrower, obviously, <laughs> I was very disappointed at his second throw, though. His second throw is missed the mark, and obviously, you know, before we were thinking he's got gold, but now he's probably bronze. Yeah. And, and as, as I heard someone mention, if he's that good at throwing javelins, why didn't he just spear Jon Snow when he was sleeping? Exactly. But <laughs> but I do like the the fact that Beric Dondarrion 
comes to the quick conclusion and is like, hey, that's the, you kill that guy, you end it all. Yes. Because of the basic first encounter. If with, Anakin takes out the uh, main computers, then all the droids stop working. Yes. 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 So, um, Undead Dragon. I knew it was coming as soon as I killed the dragon, he went into the water. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I assumed there was going to be an undead dragon. I just didn't know they were going to kill one of their dragons yes. and bring it back. Right. All right. So, and then, of course, you know, we talked about the uh, Night King. Uh, relation to Stark. Do you think he's a Stark? Um, I think he is. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Because as, as Dr. Bednar has pointed out, uh, you know, there is a theory out there talking about how the Night King and Brain are actually... One in the same. Well, they showed, you know, the, the flashback of the Children of the Force creating the Night King. Correct. And I think that is, I can't remember where I heard or read it, but I think it was supposedly a Stark of yep. some sort who they... Yes. Who, who the, the 13th, you know, Watch Commander, blah, blah, blah theory seems to be... If you're not familiar with that, you can go look it up on the Wikipedia of Ice and Fire... Yeah, the 13th, you know, the 13th Commander was a Stark, married the Night, Night Queen... Blah blah blah, but they're kind of like mixing that theory with the theory that Bran is the Night Knight's King. I don't know. And they're talking is. about, well, you know, when he gets stabbed in the heart, when Children of the Forest were, you know, stabbing him, Bran's grabbing his chest. Blah 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 blah. But I'm not sure about that. Now, contrived, contrived plot that seems forced and doesn't make sense. Arya versus Sansa. Oh yeah, very contrived. <laughs> it's like, really? I, it's, really? It's like really? I, I, what? Uh, and it's, it's almost to the point where it doesn't make sense, and it's really annoying. Is like they're really trying to drive a plot wedge between the two. Oh yeah. And it feels completely contrived and forced, not natural. And then, and then even just as forced as much as Sansa sending Brienne mm-hmm. away to go to whatever. And Brienne was the one that would be able to separate the two yeah. as Littlefinger like, was oh, talking God. about. Like, Littlefinger isn't this good, or at least this plan <clears throat> isn't that good. They're yeah. just too stupid to, uh, well, the writers well, are just... Well, at, at least Littlefinger's back to his scheming ways, other than standing in the corner touching himself, <laughs> going, ah, Sansa, ah. You know, but... Uh, and, and finally, the the they need a White Walker for proof. That's the I, whole I, point of them going north of the wall, yeah, right? Again, again, the whole point of the going undead, was a stupid idea to the begin with. Undead bear. <laughs> Didn't one of the NPCs die in that encounter? Uh, I think a couple of them did. Why not wait for them to turn and then take them back? Because they knew when Thoris was dead, like, oh, you know, we're going to burn his body. Yeah, or just take Thoris back with you. Or no. ex- exactly. And it's so irritating to me. Why not? That's when you sit there and say, hey, anybody uh, make your knowledge checks? I mean, come on. Hey, this red shirt died. We should just bring him with us. Exactly. Red shirts? Yeah. Star Trek? Yeah, exactly. They, they pretty much, there were seven named characters in this yes. party of 13, I think. Ish. They? Yeah, I don't, I don't think they really established how many were in the party. Well, if you count, we had the main characters. Yeah. You had the you had the player characters. Yes, and then you had some various NPCs. NPCs. <laughs> you know, you had henchman one, uh, night watch guard two. You know, one and two, and you're just like, well, what? I the guy's dead. What can't? Well, 
Why are you continuing on? Yeah. Oh, wait. Hey, we got a dead guy who will probably... Who will turn to a white walker? Let's walk back when he turns into a white walker. Put him in the burlap sack. Exactly. Why do you got to keep on moving? I don't understand. Yeah, I'm a little disappointed. You just became Jerry Seinfeld. I know. (laughs) You you kill the head zombie and all the other zombies die. Uh, Oh, they did that? Oh, yeah. But I I thought that that was pretty cool when they did it, though, when Jon Snow goes to slice him and he... Breaks into ice shards. I thought that was pretty and cool. And then everybody effect. else falls down. And they all Except fall for down. Except one, which That's I'm like, well, why the hell is this stray guy hanging out? It, well, maybe <laughs> he wasn't one of the guys turned from that guy. Yeah, well, why is he in their party then? Yeah. Or why aren't there more of them? <laughs> I, you know, he got lost. <laughs> but I'm, I'm just but, following you. I'm just following you guys. But I do like... I do like the how when he picks up the rock and he like throws it and hits him. Yeah. And that starts and then you, you realize the... they're semi intelligent, not completely yeah. unintelligent. But then he throws the second rock and it's like, oh wait, the lake is completely frozen over again. Well, no, I like how they start coming instead of coming in mass yeah. like a zombie out. horde. You know, they all start coming in singular motions out one at a time and then you're just like, Oh shit. And really seriously, did we really fucking need the Deus Ex Machina of Benjen coming in? I cold mean, hands? Yeah. Do the theory that he's cold hands? Yeah, well, he yeah. is cold hands according in, to DMV. Well, yeah. But, uh... But, you know, yeah, it was kind of goofy. Actually, I thought Jon Snow was going to die. And I'm like, yeah. they can't make him die. Which, I, I, thought I thought John maybe he was going to come a white. I thought John was going to come out of the water flying uh, Viserion or something. Oh, you know, yeah. I'm like, yeah, that would have been cool if John yeah. Syrian busts through the ice. It's true, but no, no. And no. then of course you got Danny and John in the end there yeah. holding hands. And again, Danny, they're like, oh, we should go. Go, just give me one more minute. I'm like, seriously, you saw him get shredded up and fall into the water, and you yeah. think he's going to make it back? <laughs> I mean. There's a yeah. chance. Okay, there was a chance because it did happen. But I mean, did, did your mind? Do you think? Oh yeah, Cold Hands is going to come along, and that's true. I I almost thought Beric Dondarrion was going to challenge the Night King to a duel or something. That would have been cool. I thought that would have been neat, and Beric die, and then and you're like, oh shit, maybe he's not Azora High, or the prince that was promised. Well, Beric and... isn't. We don't know. I know. He's the one with the flaming sword, though. Jamie's Azora High, the prince that was yeah. promised. You think? I heard that theory. I don't well, think the it other, is, but the it's other an theory, is, theory is that it's well. They even said it in the show that it's Daenerys because it's a, oh yeah, that's what the, they're trying to make because you think it's in, a gender neutral pronoun yeah. is, in the is language. Is it going to be Daenerys or is it going to be John? Which one is it going <clears> to be? And I'm like, yeah. it's got to be neither of them. Yeah. So, anyways, I next we week is next yeah. week is the finale. We should wrap this up because you know is Jason is probably posting Jerry uh, Lewis season finale. Yeah, next yeah, week. This, this coming Sunday? Yeah. yeah, man. Seven episodes. I thought there was two episodes left. No. Episode. This next episode, they said, is the longest episode ever. Yeah, it's going to be like... An what? Hour an hour and 11 minutes instead of an hour and 10? It's yeah. like an hour and 26, I think I heard. Ooh, cool. No, that probably includes the... But, you know, everybody's look. going to... Yeah, it could be. Going to meet Cersei. Cersei's, you know, always, yeah. always too goddamn smart. I still don't understand the whole plan of... Proving to Cersei that the White Walkers exist, because even if Cersei one hundred percent believes you, she won't care. Yeah, and and even if she's like, "Oh my God, this is cool," the worst, the the best that can happen is she'll just ignore it. The worst happens is she'll find some way to get the White Walkers to fight for her. Even yeah, exactly. Even even in order to prove to everybody the threat is real, I understand that part. You know, 
Well, everybody is Cersei. You know, because yeah, everybody in Cersei. You know, so I understand that intention. Here, this is what's coming. Blah blah blah. You know, even the Meisters and and you know all that kind of bullshit. But here's what I want. Here's what I really, really want to know, especially in this past episode. What the fuck is Bran doing? Isn't he the fucking ultimate spy because he can he can well, yeah, but, but work his, and everything and he can see things through the trees? But his see mind is on the fridge Dude, because he because, downloaded oh, everything be, too fast. Oh my god, because he's too it. because he's too Morrissey. <laughs> yes, fucking Morrissey. God. He can't he can't process everything. Oh, just yeah, what yet. did what did good what is good brand uh, what is brand good for other than fire? Absolutely nothing. Say it again. Oh. <laughs> All right, but anyways, when the season's over, we need to have our uh, Game of Thrones episode with Dr. Bednar, because he's dying to talk about this stuff. All righty, then. Me, too. I can't wait to talk. I know. What, what Jerry Lewis stuff have you been posting since we've been Nothing, just, that, just the video. Uh-huh. Just the video. What Whatever. else were you posting? What else Actually, you I wasn't posting much else. I was what just looking around. Googling. Uh, I was <laughs> I Googling. Got an article of uh, 19, uh, sorry, 15 forgotten and fascinating TV shows from 1987. Good year for Fox twenty years TV ago. shows. Huh? Max Headroom, I remember that. Headroom, JJ Starbuck. It was a spinoff of Ten Speed and Brown Shoe. Ah, because that was such a good show to begin with. This was an underrated 1980 series with Jeff Goldblum as a karate loving accountant. What was Ten Speed and Brown Shoe? I've never heard of that. It was a very bad, obviously d- d- detective, buddy detective thing. Uh, the New Adventures of Beans Baxter. I, I remember that. that one. I do remember that. That was one, one of the first ever Fox shows. I think it was like the fifth Fox show or something. It was a Fox take on Get Smart. It was a yeah about a what a fourteen year old kid who became a secret agent or something. You know who turned down the lead role? David uh, Spade. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I like this one. The oldest ro- rookie. Paul Sorvino plays an aging desk cop who finally decides to see action in the streets. <laughs> if Paul Sorvino can't sell you a TV I, show. I thought you were going to say Paul Sorvino was an aging desk cop who decided to pitch in the That's what I thought. Yeah, that's, that's what I was saying. Uh, sorry, the Slap Maxwell story with Dabney Coleman that as Max. for a couple of years, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Or, uh, oh, wait, no, it was... That was another that one was, of his. Yeah, Buffalo Bill, I'm thinking yeah. of. I do remember Slap Maxwell. And then the best one, Women in Prison. Uh, it was the Fox Network's overdriven urge to be provocative. A cute shoplifter is thrown in the jail in jail where she dwells with a murderer and a prostitute. Well, that seems so, like a slap shot. Orange is a new black. That's what they said. It pretty much paved the way. <laughs> I want to see Women in Prison now. Sounds like a Skinamax show. It sounds very much like Skinamax. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, anything else we want to talk about? Uh, Dick Gregory died, activist and oh, comedian. Did he, didn't he run for president one year? Did he? That's kind of odd. You never think celebrities would win a president. <laughs> well, he didn't win. <laughs> Who's Dick Gregory? He was a comedian. Uh, he was one of the first African-American comedians to uh, play and in uh, white clubs in the 1950s and 60s. Okay. And he basically broke through as the first African-American comedian. Before Sammy comedian. Davis? Before yeah. Sammy Davis. Oh wow! And uh, he he became an activist after that, like in the mid '60s and on up. Because that, um, that was that was yeah, cool. But yeah, you would you would know him if you if you saw pictures of him in that. Probably. Um, Sonny Landham dies. Landham died. Do I know who that is? Uh, yes, that is the Navajo uh, Indian in Predator. 
Oh yeah, I saw that. He's a, yeah, he's yeah, a, I probably wouldn't remember. He's a Native American I don't know what and else predator. He did. I'm trying I, I to forget that movie. I it was did. A I, terrible, terrible. No, movie. Predator was awesome. No, I, was I remember he. Good about predator. He did pass away because I was, remember seeing that photo. Here's the sad part. Yeah. He was 76. It's like, dear God. Really. Uh, he, he had the big predator. green. He had the big green bandana around his head. And he was the one that laughed at the one. He was the only one that laughed at the joke. Yeah. Uh, the dirty joke in the helicopter. Uh, he was in Lockup with Stallone. Remember that one? He was in Forty Eight Hours with uh, Nick He was the pool he was worker. Forty Eight Hours. I don't know. He was uh, Billy Bear. Oh. Uh, he was pool worker number two in Poltergeist. <laughs> so there you go. There you go. Um, and his he last worked in two thousand nine on in Mental Scars. Mm. He was Chief Bear. Um, yeah, he, he wasn't in a lot after that. Um, but yeah, he played Pimp. The pimp in Maximum Force, but oh, I always, yeah. I always loved his character in Predator. I always thought he was one of the best ones. Mm-hmm. So he had the big knife. I, didn't I, I liked his scene, and I, I really enjoyed his cameo in uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Seeing that? Yeah, I think that was a oh, different geez. actor. I don't remember. Jason, one flew over the thanks for killing my joke, Jason. Sorry. I didn't think it was Sorry. a very good joke. I thought it was pretty damn funny. <laughs> Thank you, he was Big Chief. Anyways, moving on. Uh, did anyone see the clips this week? Yeah, great for what you can see when you look through those. No, I glasses and pinholes and paper. You can use a cheese it too. I'm just happy that the news is done talking about it. I don't know. I thought it was kind of cool. It was pretty neat. I mean, I mean, we weren't in the path of totality. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, my only complaint is you know the amount of blood I had to clean up after I ripped out all those human hearts in order to stop the sun from being engulfed. I, that was a man. very proud and brave yeah, thing you did. I appreciate. It. How many Thank zombies you. were around you after the clips happened? Zero. Okay. Because okay. he ripped out their hearts. That's true. exactly. There was a. Uh, did you get any Audrey plants or something from like Little Shop of Horrors? Because apparently eclipses causes Audrey plants. No, but what was really cool was the shadows from the trees and the tree leaves looked like they're in duplicate because of the the eclipse. Yeah, that, that was, was really cool. Weird. I saw some pictures of that. It was really neat. I did like that. You know, I did have to tell the little kids that, you know, the sun was not being engulfed by the uh, moon and to uh, stop screaming when I cut them open. <laughs> when you cut them open. Uh, Mark well, from Tanger Pound Network. We're on that. Tanger Pound. Yeah. Uh, hey, speaking he of tangents. He's posted a picture of a guy, of a person dressed in the dinosaur, you know, those inflatable dinosaur oh, outfits. Yeah. And he had a sign, the Tyrannosaurus Rex, and it says, they told us uh, it was just uh, the clip too. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, but so. 2024 mm-hmm. is the next uh, big eclipse coming to the U.S., where Cleveland will be in the That's middle right. of Ohio. Ohio's totality. right right in the path, right over Ohio. I'm more excited about cicadas it, coming. It, it kind mm-hmm. of misses uh, us in Cincinnati, though. Just barely. We're on the edge. Can't we get a 100% eclipse? Well, we Can't have, we? Of the Can't we get a 100% eclipse? Come here, come on. No, we, we have to go to like Cleveland or Columbus to get it. Even Columbus isn't going to get 100%. Jeez, write your congressman. We're just going to get I think Trump. We could blame Trump for that. Blame Trump. We're just getting the tip. Just the tip. Yeah. Nobody wins with that. Let's do some listener feedback. Oh, I want to talk about Gen Con. Oh, you did. Sorry. Yeah. Yes, you went to Gen Con this week. I went to Gen Con. I was 16 hours of playing Axis and Allies and moving literally an inch on the board. It was uh, longer than 16 hours to begin with. Normally, I would say very exciting, but I didn't play any Axis <gasps> and Allies this, this oh past Gen Con. Oh, my God, so you Con. had fun. Well, yeah, that too. <laughs> 
No, it was really good. Again, another uh, like seventh, eighth year in a row record-setting numbers, over 208,000 for the four days. Whatever, it sold out. It sold out every day. And so uh, I did get to play some good variations of role-playing games. Uh, We started out with the D20 Pro's 5th edition. You know, except the guy running the D20 Pro didn't know how to run D20 Pro. That makes it difficult. Though. Yes, it does. It became actually a game inhibitor than a game, uh, you know, um, prohibitor. No, inhibitor, prohibitor. Did, did, did he just or advantageous say he knew though. how to run it so he can, like, get something? No, it, it was D, D20 Pro uh, essentially was running games using their virtual tabletop system with a touchscreen, big screen TV in the table. So, in theory, if they ran it right, it would have been effing awesome. The problem is they didn't do enough training for the people running the the games, and they didn't know how to run the the system and the program, and they're using the latest version, which still is a little bit weird and buggy and different if you didn't know how to use it. So, other than uh, me and my buddy John, fraternity brother John, who go there together every year, uh, we're the only ones that had any experience. I almost told John, I said, you you know, I should go and sit behind the, the desk and run the game because I can do a better job. <laughs> but um, it was really sad because if you're using that to increase your sales, that didn't work, especially for that, that session. And then what was really cool, we had a great, you know, Gen Con is really good. You can get really good guys that, dun- you know, Dungeon Master or Game Master games. Or you can get people that have no clue what they're doing. So the second game that we had on the next day was a, a, a second edition Advanced Dungeons & Dragons Dragonlance game, Battle of Lemish. So usually you know, dealing with uh, a lot of the Dragonlance scenarios post the Dragon War and all that kind of... And it was actually fun. And you know what? It was actually refreshing to go back to play some second, second edition, edition AD&D. Except Thaco for... done right with Thaco and everything. No, that was the biggest problem. That's, that's, the oh. Thaco, the Thaco, the two-hit armor class zero? Yes. After you get used to the, the better system of like increasing the, system. the 20 armor class? Thaco. You know, it's, oh my God, everybody was so confused by it. We all had to keep referring to the DM. Hey, I rolled this, what did I get? After and I'm me, do on the new one. who grew up on the system, I had to sit there and go, uh, bye, bye. You know, seriously, until after a couple hours and after you get used to it, then you're done. <laughs> <laughs> I like your troopy dog. Yes, but that's not what I actually used when I was getting broke. But no, but that group, too. The other thing about Gen Con is when you go and play the groups and sign up, you either get people that are fun to play with, okay to play with, or people that are annoying to play with. And that group that we made friends with, uh, they were actually very good. So I got the DM's name. I got the uh, leader of the group. It turns out it was so easy because they were all friends. And it was just me and John who were the outsiders. And, of course, I guess me and John are pretty good guys to play with. I do say so myself, and and we all had a good time, and uh, so we exchanged uh, some information, and, and we're hoping to so join up and play again next year with the same group in the cool, DM. Was this a paid event? Yeah, these are paid if, events. If these they're are all friends, why do they all go to the same group when you can do that without having to pay for well, it? Well, a number of them are actually event organizers and came to Gen Con to see how it was run because they do the PAX Con in uh, like, oh, okay. uh, Atlanta and stuff. So, yeah, so it was a, really good. Did you get us free tables at PAX Con? No, I'm, I can't go there. This is my one one You're year. You're not allowed to go into Atlanta. That's right. Did they ban you. <laughs> I, I'm only allowed to go to one what gaming convention a, a year. 
<laughs> or the one I could at least you know go what? to without if you having to. If bought a tiny house, you could drive it to, to Atlanta. Yeah, really. <laughs> and just do that. No. Set up shop. And then, so then I then uh, the third day we played a game from uh, Goodman Games, you know the Dungeon Crawl mm-hmm. Classics, if you're familiar with those. And uh, one of the guys there, Mike Evans, is a uh, publisher, and he ran his own scenario using his own own uh, role playing uh, rule books in addition to the Goodman Games Dungeon Crawl Classics. And this guy was insane, nutty, insane. His buddy that came and gave him beer, he's like offering everybody to drink beer. And I'm like, I would, but it's 9 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> I just drank beer less than 10 hours ago. You know, so I was like, I can't. I was like, thanks, but no. And he's, you know, swigging back beer. And, Nothing wrong with uh, beer at 9 in the morning. Yes, no. there is. And, you know. How he, old did you get? <laughs> yeah. Jeez. <laughs> I mean, you passed me at some point, apparently. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty close to Clint Eastwood and Gran Torino at this point. Yeah. Get off my lawn. Well, I said that anyways. Yeah. So this is pretty interesting. He's got about a two-inch thick rule supplement to Goodman Games. <laughs> that's published that's on his own. Impressive. Yeah, yeah, it is when you look at two that inches, tome. Two inches, that's it? That tome, two inches thick. Six inches is average. two-inch thick bone book. <laughs> a bone? What? <laughs> what was that? Hold on, hold on. No, no. And it's called Hubris, if people are interested in it. It's called a visceral campaign system. And this guy was on his feet the entire time. And we actually beat the scenario with an hour and a half to go. And he's like, you guys are the first people that beat the system. Did you get anything? No. Fives. T-shirts? Just, just, we got shorted an hour and a half on game time. <laughs> so he didn't throw something else? He, like, ended it? No, we, we were ready to go back into the exhibitor hall and, no. and anyways. And, and it was, but, you know, he, he was very energetic, very slightly eccentric, uh, a good time, stayed on his feet the whole time, very, very fun. And he gave us warnings about all the PCs that have died in, in the systems. And I actually, we actually had two deaths in our party. What? But he immediately had another sheet. He's like, here, here's your new guy. And so my first and guy lost. I I was the first oh, guy to died. die. Oh, you know. But uh, I said my second guy survived. Yeah, it actually was pretty hilarious the way I did. I was, I was a thief. I failed the roll. I fell off the train. Got ran over. It was pretty funny. <laughs> Cut in half, etc. But uh, overall, you know the you know the uh, Goodman games are the guys you know running the Dungeons and Dragons, who which is interesting, you know you know interesting dynamic because. Peter Atkinson, who created Wizards of the Coast, who made his money off of Magic the Gathering cards, who bought the failing Dungeons and Dragons from TSR, you know, is now the guy that sold TSR to Hasbro. And, you know, it was like, you know, selling it to the dark side. And then uh, stepped back Pathfinder, who picked up from D&D's third edition and moved it forward in the gap with the failed fourth edition from Dungeons and Dragons, you know, Wizards of the Coast, Dungeons and Dragons, he's now the guy that owns Gen Con. D&D has basically removed itself from major sponsorship, and now the major sponsorship is Pathfinder, which is off of the original 3.5 Pathfinder, you know, which is based on that 3.5 D&D, and he's the guy that owns it now. So I always thought that that dynamic was kind of interesting to think about. You know, which is kind of sad because usually there's, you know, big events and all that kind of stuff. And then there really wasn't big D&D or Pathfinder events. It's it's really devolved into just a big gaming show. 
You know, it was yeah, a good thing. Meal? The good thing about Gen Con was there would be like a big thing, like D and D would put a big thing on, or Pathfinder put a big thing on, and you know, big events and special special events, you know, stuff. And it, it just didn't happen this year. Except, I guess the big event this year for the 15th anniversary is they did have they might be giants concert. Well, that's you know, cool. I didn't know about that. Yeah, but it's a concert, and I like the group. Don't get me wrong, but you know it wasn't like role playing related. You're there stuff. to play games, and yeah, yeah, you know I'm there to play games, and I want to see game events. I want to see special campaign adventure settings released. I want to see that kind of stuff. And I mean, you having a big musical act there is kind of cool. And we did a pub crawl and all that other kind of fun stuff. And I, I thought I saw the guys from uh, Forty Going on Fourteen, but I didn't try to hook up with them this year since they stood me up last year. But I think I saw them all over the place. But then I realized I was just looking at a bunch of old guys with ponytails, receding hairlines, and goatees. That was them, yes. But they're all over the place. They it could have been them and several other people that weren't already going on fourteen. <laughs> Did you see the pop up? Cheer me up. They look like they look like you know they look like the gaming guy from. Uh, you know from uh, Bart Simpson. You know so, the oh, comic you know, book guy. Yeah, the comic book guy. Whose real name is? I don't uh, know. Jeff Anderson. There you go. Yeah, the receding hairline with the ponytail and the goatee. There are plenty of those people around. But, you know, exactly. Saturday is the best day because that's the costume contest. And, you know, they got the, you know, the uh, adult cosplay, you know, for duty old men. And, I mean, uh, for people that like costume play. And, um, you know, it's great to people watch and and just. Did your slave Leia win? No, I did not see a slave Leia this year. You dressed as slave Leia. No, I no. My slave Leia did not survive. You didn't shave. Didn't you didn't go fully committed. I didn't. Sh- I didn't shave my chest. That could yeah, have had that's, something that's to do with it. That's the reason for it. You I didn't. I didn't. I didn't go with my swimmer shave. Ah, good call. You know, you shaved your legs, but not yeah. your chest, so it was just not good. Yeah, exactly. It's all right. Next yeah. year you might win. Next year, Next year, maybe. But you know, there were some pretty hot female barbarians running around in like you know fur bikinis and big boots. I'm gonna say boots. <laughs> big fur boots. <laughs> You know, if they were like a female version of pimps, you know, that pretty much would be like it. <laughs> Thanks, Blake. You're welcome. Listener feedback, Blake. Why don't you take it away? Yeah, let's see. You know, we like to thank our listeners, and they're a very important part of our they program. Are. And that's why we dedicate an entire segment of our podcast to our listeners. You know, so if you like us, you know what you should do? You should pawn us off to a friend and have them listen to us. And then after that, you know what you can do? Write a review on iTunes. Wrong! Okay. Oh, Stitcher. Apologize. Apologize. Oh. Uh, for you, having exposed them to us. You can send your questions to at Bad Ideas Podcast on Twitter, at the History of Bad Ideas on Facebook, uh, HobiePod at gmail.com, uh, or snail mail. No, nah, we don't do that. Who uses a post office? (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to 1955. (laughs) Do you also use a milkman? (laughs) Actually, that would be kind of fun. I would like to have some fresh milk. No one ever says I need some fresh mail, though. Uh, yes, yeah, so uh, who starts it? So well, so where else can you find us if you're looking us up? Aren't we like on a webpage somewhere? Uh, we're on Lipson. Uh, you can also find us on webegeekspc.com. Every Wednesday it drops. Also, any movie reviews we do, it goes there. And for the British folks, nerdly.co.uk. Hello, Vicka. Today, mate. Bloody wanker. There you go, you cheeky cunts. Uh, yeah, so you can find us on nerdly.co.uk, along with some other great podcasts. 365 Flicks is there. Uh, Pop Adult 
Uh, podcast is a good one, too. So uh, we're on Danger Entertainment. Danger, Danger Entertainment. And Tangent Bound Network. And Geek Life Radio, 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central, every Friday. We got wow. through all that pretty easily. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and Apple iTunes. And iTunes, right. Stitcher, everywhere. <laughs> and, yeah. and leave a review. Yes. Leave an honest one, but lie. Make it five stars. Yes. <laughs> five stars, but then... Five stars, but write the real... <laughs> five stars, and then give us a B-. Five stars, and then give us a B-. We're going to be recording a lot of episodes at uh, Comic Expo, uh, so we need lots of questions. Uh, so please send them to us at Bad Ideas Podcast or on those other things, Facebook and all that stuff, because we're going to need to fill like a lot of episodes with this with questions. So help us out here, people. All right. Please. Yes, people. And this is for you. Listener feedback. We're going to start with this guy named... A-Pans? Doug. Can we can give you a nickname? Uh, and he asked a very controversial question. <laughs> He says, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, you know, for the nerd types that don't follow football, <laughs> yeah, he's the running back for the Cowboys, mm-hmm. Ohio State Buckeye, gets six-game suspension in regards to alleged domestic violence. Ray Rice, two weeks. Josh Brown, one week. Kicker for the Giants. Ray Rice, of course, the running back for the Baltimore Ravens. Please explain how, if all, had the same offense. It didn't. It, it has to keep getting worse and worse. Uh, until but this is El- Elliot's first thing, isn't it? No. Yeah, but uh, technically probably... he's got a Priors. history of no, well, questionable the, actions. No, no, no. The, the thing is, uh, Ray Rice getting suspended for two games didn't deter Elliot from doing it. So now Elliot getting uh, six games will deter the next guy from doing it. If it doesn't, then he'll get eight games. You know and what? Until until somebody just gets suspended for their career. Yeah, but you know what? You're, you know punish- what you're punishing for other people in regards to the prior history of others, not what you did yourself. Exactly, because they want to get to zero tolerance eventually. Oh, zero tolerance on what? And who defines that? I mean, obviously well, the NFL Goodell does, does and Goodell does. Because everything. They just are assigning but, but, him to a four-year contract. I don't know. I'm yeah, with an answer. That, and that's, <laughs> that's the problem. Nobody has an answer because they're coming up with this stuff arbitrarily. Well, they're making it up as and they not, go along. And not really sharing any of the thought processes that go behind it or what the constitutes something. The thought process something. is if you do it, we'll make it up. Yeah, and there's, there's no, like, set... Standards of if you do this, you get that. Well, they don't want to be set standards because then people will say, "Okay, it's worth yeah. four games." And they're, and they're doing their own. Yeah, exactly. There's like they're picking numbers out of a hat, and and they're essentially assigning their own punishment for alleged, alleged, you know, trespasses. You know, alleged, you know, things that you're not being found guilty for in a public court of law that prosecutors don't prosecute, or et cetera. Now, there are some sketchy details in regards to the background of this, and they're doing their own investigations. But let's think about this for a second. You have an employer that's holding you accountable for actions you may or may not have done outside of the workplace, which is your own private life, that yeah, has but, nothing to do but if what with you what do you do in the office or on bad, the field. If you go out and do something and it makes your employer look bad, they yeah. have every right to let you go. But did but did you, you but did you sign a contract or agreement stating state well we I don't know about this. Stating did, did, stating did the things that you contract? do stating that you do in your own personal free time. Did he sign an NFL contract? Because that's I don't every know. NFL I don't, contract. I'm not it sure. Is. It is. Yeah, okay. Well, then, if you sign a standards of conduct, you know, oath or statement. But then again, have you really violated the standards of con- conduct? Who sets who sets the actual, you know, parameters of acceptable evidence and stuff? Because his accuser, 
Not saying guilty or innocent. No, I'm just bringing up questions and pink elephants here in the room. Well, obviously, you know, has, Goodell sets it. Has, I mean, the whole thing with the Tom Brady deflate gate thing. He got four games for yeah. not turning over a cell phone, basically. But, but these are things... Which that he, I the, actually have an issue with, because yeah. f- I fucking hate Tom Brady, and I fucking hate Roger Goodall more, because now I had to take Tom Brady's side on that. Yeah. Well, 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 why should you have to give up your personal cell phone I agree. to a non-law I mean. enforcement entity? And considering because it's not, you signed the contract. No, it didn't say that you had to do that. That was personal property. That's not NFL it's property. It's your personal property, no. man. No, but it's, it's your uh, standards or whatever. Standards uh, the of court conduct. of law... Sided with Goodell and the NFL on it. Then why wasn't so, Tom Brady convicted of uh, g- game game uh, fixing? Because he didn't get a it wasn't like crime. Game, like gambling game you, you fixing. You don't play. have to be convicted of a crime to be punished by the NFL. That's right. You don't have to be convicted of a crime to be punished by social justice media folk either. You're right. And this is what I'm talking about. Ezekiel Elliott, although sketchy. Maybe innocent, essentially, in all of these incidences. Of course, he may be using bad judgment who gets himself into these incidents. He may or may not have done it or whatever. But this is the scary thing about society that is, that's, that's trending is that you're being, you're, you are being basically judged and ruled upon with no evidence, you know, no facts, none whatsoever. And your life can be ruined in a drop or a moment's notice. Because of the social media society we live in today. Yeah. I mean, look at that. And it's the society we live in. And then that's that's the sad. But should he lose his job over it? He's not. If he's not really convicted in a court of law? He's not losing his job. He's just getting a suspension. Which will probably mm-hmm. be even knocked down to three. It will probably be knocked down. Uh, yeah. That's true. You know, but but what I'm saying it what I'm saying is a dangerous precedent. It's oh, like it it's like you don't it, want honestly, you don't want you can lose your job if what you did makes your employer uh, yeah. embarrasses your employer. Yeah, yeah. The, the damn neo Nazis, uh, a lot of them lost their jobs after doing just being at that damn rally. True. Just because you know they embarrassed the employer, because it's like freedom of speech. It, you do have a you have the right to say anything you want. Doesn't mean there's not repercussions for that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Freedom of speech means the government cannot go after you or or prosecute you right. for saying something. But private enterprise private can. can. Yeah. They can get rid of you for being an idiot. Yeah. On a side note, thanks, Doug, for that question. Yeah. <laughs> on a thanks. side note, though, on yeah. another Did side note. Did we answer note, your question? On another side note, Jeff, I actually like your answer better than Roger Goodell's answer. So there you go. Oh, really? I did. I don't know what Roger Goodell's answer I don't was. agree with it completely, but I liked your answer. Oh, I don't even I don't even agree with my answer completely, but I'm just saying that's what the on reason the, is. On the positive, Roger Goodell is getting a four-year contract extension. Oh, yay. Well, you know, basically what it comes down to, if you can make a money. Yeah. You can get away with things eventually. On a side note, uh, I am buying Madden. Just bought pre-ordered Madden on uh, PlayStation for the first time in six years. Yeah, Good for you. Because your wife let you. No, I put the foot down. <laughs> no, she doesn't know yet. No, she does. She did. She did. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, did one of your kids were playing with the PlayStation and ordered you a tw- couple copies? Give me give me the extra copy, Jason. I'll take it. <laughs> the best part is uh, they wouldn't... Uh, PlayStation is having some issues on their store um, uh, running credit cards. Yeah. And my credit cards worked all well, and so I went to the forum, and it wasn't working. And everybody's like, yeah, Sony doesn't like money, basically. Like, there's a bug in their system that can cancel your card. Like, it won't accept your card for, like, weeks on end. And then it'll accept it again. And so I was like, that's odd. And they're like, yeah, they won't fix the bug. So basically, I went on to Amazon and bought $75 worth of 
you know, PlayStation gift card and just did it that way, which you, you probably go. should anyways for safety reasons. Yeah. True. Don't give and, PlayStation your credit card. So card. anyway, so I did that. I was like, and then I texted my wife, I bought $75 in gift cards just to let you know. <laughs> when you see the now, now, before you logged on to Amazon to buy those gift cards, did you go on through Salty Language? Uh, yes. All right. I should have. Son of a shit. <laughs> but yeah, it comes on uh, yeah. Friday. Uh, it's, it's a direct, I did a digital download. Yeah. And my son's actually happy. My son's getting to the age that He's liking those games, so I thought, you know what? I'll get, I haven't bought one in six years. I'll go ahead and do it. Yeah. But anyways, for new listeners that are listening, Jason has a story about how his kids ordered PlayStation games by My accident. My one-and-a-half-year-old <laughs> came home one day from golf, sure. which is a random half itself, That's right. and uh, she was up in the video game room pressing the button. On uh, my PlayStation, and uh, she ended up buying me Star Wars Battlefront the uh-huh. day it came out. That's a great that name. That's a great lie, Jason. Well, that Jason is put awesome. it in his uh, basket and said, "Here you go, darling. Whatever you do, don't repeatedly hit this button." <laughs> Man, I mean, you know what? You I'm st- correct. <laughs> no, I didn't. You know, the next time I watch my niece and nephew who uh-huh. are two years old, I, I'm going to have them buy stuff for me too. Like two hundred dollars worth of songs on right. rock They're going to buy me two hundred dollars worth of rock band songs. Since you're living with your uh, in-laws, since you're George Costanza, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, are you uh, yeah, rocking out in their basement? No. With rock band? But I have brought my PlayStation and rock band guitar just in case. My goal is, if everybody doesn't know, Thursday I become officially homeless because I've sold my house and haven't found a new one to live in. <laughs> so, so you're I'm the homeless in. crazy guy I, now. <laughs> I'm moving in with my in-laws. I've achieved my dream. <laughs> of living in someone else's house. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Did you become squatter's rights and kick them out? No. My house now. You're out. <laughs> no, my goal, my goal is to be as invisible as possible. <laughs> but I've already been lectured on turning lights off because... <laughs> Because they have a great, they have a great energy, energy usage history, and leaving lights on is gonna ruin his record of low electricity. Worried about the record than actually paying for it. (laughs) Here's six extra dollars because the light bulb uses so much of that energy. You know, my brother-in-law listens to this podcast. But you know, yeah, I'm sure he's laughing right now, anyways, too, because he knows everything. But you know, but you're right. My my intent my intent is to be as as invisible as possible. I've already helped fix his internet and Wi-Fi and all that kind of stuff. He plugged it in. No, (laughs) it it needed an upgrade. It needed an upgrade. So did you fix it for him him to be a good uh, son-in-law, or did you just were like, I can't fucking play PlayStation this way. I got to upgrade. No, in order for me to work from home, you needed to upgrade. And my wife. And everybody and in the, the family, everybody in the, and everybody in the extended family has been complaining about it too. So, <laughs> so I, you know, I, you know, I, you know, no, in, in all honesty, you know, we'll we'll be making things even and, and fair and, and paying our fair share for everything. But I just, I just thought it was pretty funny, you know, <laughs> conversation. But no, my goal is to be as invisible as possible, and and me being able to play rock band on the the big screen, which requires a light bulb. In order to watch things on that, it has to be bulb worthy. <laughs> because the bulb has bulb? hours of life in it. <laughs> you can only watch stuff if it's bulb worthy. 
And, you know, my answer to that is, I'll buy you a new one. <laughs> I understand. I understand. You know, I, but, but there, there, there are some reasons for, for, for things in the background, you know, such life changes that are going on, et cetera, and everything else. So I understand where the conser- conservation comes from. So in all fairness, they are being very generous, and, you know, we'd be given a free pass, but we're going to pay anyways because that's, that's the way I am. Yeah, I don't blame you on that. Exactly. I don't blame you on that. So they're helping us out, and, and that way I don't have to rush into buying a new house, et cetera, et cetera. I can find something that I want, and then in 20 years, when I maybe take one of them in, I can there. I can return the favor. There you go. There you go. By pushing them down the steps. All right. No, by telling them to turn lights off. <laughs> I don't know what your issue is. <laughs> So now that we're an hour in, can we get six inches down the page? Yes. Uh, let's get to it real quick. We'll skip around here. Regarding Hobie's MLB draft, let's do that first. All right, go quick. Read. Okay, we're doing right field. You do right it. Right field. Fast. Uh, every week, uh, we do this thing of... Uh, you know, two players, two, draft a position. Go. You grew up with. Hobie, uh, Here go. we go. Uh, my picks for right field this week. Stanton from Miami. Giancarlo. Yes, thank AKA you. A.K.A. Mike. Yes. And Tony Gwynn. My picks... Tony Gwynn, obviously, best mm-hmm. right fielder ever to play. I knew that was coming for you. <laughs> and Ichiro Suzuki. Suzuki was another close one for me. I like him. Yeah. Uh, and since apologies I... to Larry Walker, who I was thinking of, but Ichiro and Gwynn. I thought I was thinking Dante Bichette. Uh, I think he, <laughs> he played was left. left. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I I like Suzuki just because he is the baseball all time hits leader. I don't yes. tr- uh, I don't agree with that Pete Rose is because <laughs> uh, we include stats from the Japanese league. That's right. Uh, from Dev. This I got. He had Gary Sheffield and Daryl Strawberry. Daryl. Uh, Apan's Duck had Roberto Clemente and Hank Aaron. Is he like 70? I think he is. Okay. Uh, Sean from Pittsburgh Nerd had Andy Van Slyke, which I really liked, and Andrew Dawson, uh, the Hawk. Is that, uh, would that be Andre? Andre Dawson. Sorry, not Andrew. Uh, that was <laughs> he from, added a, a W yes. to his name. Stupid intern. Uh, that was from center field, uh, and then he's oh, catching just, up. Oh, this catching week up. is Tony Gwynn and Daryl Strawberry. Uh, Randall Holt for right field had Tony Gwynn and Dave Winfield. Honorable mention, Dave Parker. I do like Dave Parker. Mm-hmm. Uh, Besotic Geek had Larry Walker and Brian Giles. Uh, you should listen to Besotic Geek and Pittsburgh Nerd, actually. Uh, let's see. Des Hassing had Ken Griffey Jr. and Dale Murphy for center field. He's catching up. He did. And Tony Gwynn and Ichiro Suzuki. He was you yeah, this week. Des was right for right field. He's not right often, but he is right there. Uh, so yeah, so if, uh, next week we will be doing DH, DH two. Uh, that's an easy one. Uh, if you would like to join us, uh, just send us messages on Facebook or uh, Twitter. Uh, you can catch up. Just uh, pick two positions at uh, two people at each position in baseball, and they have to have played during your lifetime. So there you go. Uh, let's do some corrections, uh, Jeff, Blake, whoever name is. All right. Uh, the first one is from Big Devisai guy. Big Devisai guy. Big Devisai guy. <sighs> All right, he said <laughs> if Hobie because <laughs> we're speeding it up. He said if Hobie can claim that Michigan is Canada, which it technically is, mm-hmm. and it's Ohio's hat, I can say this is him saying I can say everything is just outside of Toledo is in Ohio. Well, you're wrong. Well, I'm, I'm conf- I think he meant to say everything in Ohio is just outside of Toledo. That's wrong. That's what he meant to say. Maybe, yes. Sir. Uh, okay. No, I'm fine with it. No, it's wrong because Toledo is actually part of Michigan. All right, next, yeah, and, Daddy Waffle. And it's just outside of <laughs> Daddy Waffle at uh, Matthew RMCD. Uh, refrigerator peanut butter is the reason we have two jars. 
My wife will not concede the battle. Hashtag I'm right. Keep it cold. I agree. Thank you. I am a big proponent of peanut butter in the fridge. This was a big topic last week. Yes, I this lose a, every. This week. is a big topic. This every was week in our discussions. All right, uh, next we, one. We pick future guests based on their decision on this <laughs> one. Peanut butter. Yes. Uh, next one, Pam Morris. Oh, Pam, sister Pam. She said, "Dragons do not have nipples. They lay eggs. Therefore, they are not milk-bearing mammals." And she rolled a twenty on her knowledge check. Yeah. Way to go, Pam. You know, that, that was trying to be what my point was last week, except Jeannie kept interrupting me. That's why we like Jeannie. <laughs> you know, normally, you know, you get a plus two on your skill check when you're being aided. Uh, Jeannie was actually hindering, so it gave you a minus two. Yeah, I think I rolled a two. Exactly. Uh, next, from the Pulp Culture Cafe regarding Game of Thrones. You can't tell me that Dragon Lady does not have damp underoos for that Jon Snowflake guy. I mean, come on, right? Oh yeah, I think she does have damp underoos for the Jon yeah, Snow. She does. Damp yeah. underoos does she have on? Wonder Woman underwears? Wonder Woman. Probably fur-lined. Oh, <laughs> well, since she went up north. Yeah. I kind of right. like that. Oh, by the way, Game of Thrones is bulb-worthy. By the way. Okay. All right. So from Chris Richardson, <laughs> question for Jeff and Blake. This is what I was teasing earlier. It says, "Does Westeros have warp travel? People were zipping about all over the place this week. Was Zoom in it?" No, there was no. no Reverse flash? No. Oh. Yeah, but but you're correct. You know, the the whole Gendry sprint, the raven, the dragon, yeah. and the whole, like, Dothraki horde crossing a, a continent, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you're right. You're right, Limey. Wouldn't it be great if they uh, went into a cave and just zipped out somewhere yeah. else? Yeah, but, you know. <laughs> Warp caves. Yeah. Oh, there you go. There you that would go. make dimension doors. So easy. Yes. yes. Dimension doors. Yeah. All right. Teleport uh, without error. Yes. Ooh. Next. Captain Admiral Kirk. Blake leaving his in-laws makes me laugh. I'm glad it does, somebody. Hey, can we film it and call it the real Costanzas? Yes, could you put that on our YouTube channel? Yeah. Please? Yeah, I'll periscope Please. things. There you Please. go. <laughs> hey, father-in-law, take a look at this! You're on YouTube! Get the fuck away from me! No. Are you using a light bulb on that? <laughs> He's a good guy. Stop. I know, he is. Oh, that's right. <laughs> But it's just kind of funny. Yeah, I we have to see. blow it out of proportion to be funny. I know, exactly. I'm, you know, saying this you for my brother-in-law. The house. <laughs> <laughs> All right, from Nikki. Our favorite Kiwi from New Zealand. Says, just an update, guys. Linda Carter may not be in the Wonder Woman film, because remember we talked about this and we why did. we're disappointed, but she has a recurring role on Supergirl. You know, I really keep wanting to... Do, uh, watch Supergirl. I really need to give it another shot. It's not going to happen, but I would like to. I just ran out of time. Yeah, sure. It, it's just far on the li- down the list yeah. of things. It, I don't. And I'm not opposed to it, but it's just. Although it is better than Riverdale. I deleted Arrow. Uh, I'm going to watch. I'm going. Well, start. you can get it on Netflix. Yeah, but I don't even care. I think I'm going to watch the last episode and then just start the new season. Mm-hmm. I heard I'm not missing much. Are, are they season. resetting the fifth of the new season? Uh, a little bit. Is there time travel involved? I don't think there's time travel. She spin the Earth backwards to go back in time. Ah! Okay, we got we got some listener reviews. All right, so listener reviews. All right, we're going to go ahead and we're going to talk about Defenders this week because apparently a lot of people talk about the Defenders on I, Netflix. I watched the Defenders, the whole thing. It's only eight episodes. I know. I was just asking. Yeah, the and they were less than an hour. A lot of them too. They were like thirty-seven to fifty minutes. A lot of them. Um, I'm three episodes in. I will finish it this weekend. Okay. Well, what do the uh, listeners All think? Right, we're going to start with uh, Chris at uh, our 365 three, three, Flicks wankers from across the pond. Good day, mate. 
said, uh, I'm really enjoying it. My only criticism is that there's a lot of scenes in the dark. Sometimes it's a little difficult to see everything. I right. agree. It's true. Uh, from Nikki, the Kiwi. What's a fun series? Really like seeing all the characters come together. That was the best part, was the character interaction. Yes, yeah, I agree. Yeah, what's this coming together thing? Come it's, together! It's right. characters from... Group sex? No. It's an it's, orgy. It's oh. characters from Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and Iron Fist. Oh, so... I should be going people. to Netflix, not Pornhub. Yes. Yes. Well, God dang it. The Pornhub one is kind of fun, oh. too. Is there a Pornhub yeah. Defenders? There yeah. will be. <laughs> next week. Uh, next, Jeff Morris. Episode three of The Defenders is better than anything yet far in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Episode one had me really concerned. It's seen without direction. Episode three was great. So, so great. Hashtag F Iron Fist. You Fuck said you first saw the first three. So I did like, the episode I, watched, uh, I actually did watch episode three Third last episode night. episode was really good. Yeah. I won't say mm. it's better than everything in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I like how they were all coming together at the building, like, for different reasons. Yeah. And I was like, it was kind of goofy, but it was kind of fun because I was like, ooh, here we go, here we go. And it was funny. They had Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and Iron Fist, like, all were going for a reason. And then Daredevil was like, I'm just following you. I'm just going to show up. Hi. Yeah. Well, well, he was... Jessica Jones's lawyer, Correct. and was following her to make sure she stayed out of trouble. But it was a fun fight scene. It was a good fight scene. Yeah. Cool. Uh, next is from uh, Apans, who obviously read Scab Jeff's review. <laughs> Says Scab Jeff is right. Episode three is great. You'll love it, Jason, when you see it in November. I saw it this weekend. Now this episode week. five will be November. <laughs> yeah, but there you go. Uh, next, Captain Admiral Kirk. Said, uh, I saw the Defenders and was so disappointed. Uh-oh, this runs counter to you guys. I know. The new oh. Spider-Man cartoon is better. I watched episodes one and two. It was good enough. Oh, no, I'm going to say it's not counter to me. I was a little disappointed. Overall? Overall. I, I was agreeing that episode three was a really good episode. Episode four is a good episode. Overall, it's a little weak. It's pretty much a continuation of the Iron Fist Story Iron with a little bit uh, and a continuation, I suppose, of where Daredevil left off. Yeah, with Luke Cage and Jessica Jones in there because they're the best part of the show. I did finish Luke Cage. I know you did. I was pretty happy with it. Uh, <laughs> gave it a B minus, and that wasn't a joke. I really gave it a B minus. I thought the first uh, half of the series was awesome, and then I feel like the next flick shows could be about ten episodes and be better. You could get, get rid of three episodes. I agree uh, that they could have been. They're down a little bit and been better. And I did tape uh, the new Spider-Man cartoon series on Disney, so uh, my son and I are going to probably watch that this weekend. I'll let I, you know. I did not tape that. And don't okay. intend on watching it. Well, fuck you then. All right, then uh, wrapping it up, Professor Number 1 and Doctor Number 1 said, if you could pull down a statue, which one would it be, and why did you say Pete Rose? Oh, well, I guess he answered it. Pete Rose would be the statue uh, I pulled I down. I couldn't argue that one. No, no. I wouldn't want to. Did, did, did Pete Rose wait until his statue got up before he decided to get all this crap uh, of his... Allegedly! About, of his alleged... Uh, Affairs. Uh, uh, disturbing... Uh, I think so. I think Statutory so. rape. Yes. Now would be the perfect time for him well, to go into the underage hall sexual fame. encounters. Yes. But it was 40 years well, ago. So not him underage. <laughs> the best is that the Philadelphia Philly organization just destroyed all the bobbleheads. Yes. <laughs> You imagine the wow. people who saved a couple of them, how much yes. those might be worth it, on the It came market. out a week before the Philadelphia Phillies were going to honor him. So they had 40,000 bobbleheads. And oh. then it came out and they said, we're just going to destroy those. We're canceling that and destroying and all And that was a waste of money. Yes. So thank you, Blake, for your listener feedback. That was like on two times speed. Yeah. yeah. 
What do we want? Draft day! Draft day, draft day, I want a draft day. Hopey, 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 hopey. Draft day, draft day, we need a draft day. Hopey, hopey, history about ideas, yeah! Draft day! All right, we're bringing back our favorite segment of draft day. We're coming up on all our fantasy football drafts in the next couple of weeks, so we want to get into practice. And so we're going to be drafting a baseball movie. Yes, that makes sense. <laughs> uh, please tell the fans real quick what draft day is. Uh, dra- draft day is where we will pick a movie or a team or a group of people and draft uh, draft who we would put in that place if we were running it. Fictional, non-fictional characters. Any, anything out there in the, the ether, we can draft and put on our team. Since anything then, goes. Yes. And uh, our but, fans but once, actually... someone, once someone drafts somebody for this draft, they're off the board. That's right. Uh, and uh, this is actually from uh, Thomas Kirk, Captain Admiral Kirk. Captain Admiral. So if you got one, send it on over, and we'll be more than happy to draft every couple weeks. And then if you send it over uh, and we do yours, then you get to pick who wins. Captain Admiral. The pressure is on you. Who are we drafting this week, Jeff? This week we are drafting Durham Bulls from Bull Durham. We got four. Four. We are drafting Crash three Changes. Durham Bulls. Yeah, three Durham Bulls and a Durham Bull groupie. groupie. Yeah. So we got Crash Davis is played by Kevin Costner, veteran baseball player who has made a respectable career of playing catcher in the minor leagues. We got Annie Savoy, is played by Susan Sarandon, an adjunct English professor in the local community college and is a passionate fan of the Durham Bulls. She looks over the prospects before drafting one player to be her special project for the summer. Uh, we got Nuke Lelouch, is played by Tim Robbins, a pitcher who is considered a top prospect because he throws tremendously hard, but is also very wild and somewhat immature. And uh, Larry uh, is played by Robert Wool. He is the pitching coach of the Bulls. You don't see much of Robert Wool anymore. Yeah, ever since Batman. Yeah. Uh, Blake, you go first. Who are you drafting? Man, I I don't know who my first round pick should be. Uh oh. This is tough. Don't be Crash Davis because I only got one pick for Crash Davis. All right, I'll start with Crash Davis. <laughs> ah, son of a bitch. <laughs> You set that one off. Cause he's, I, cause he's, I thought he would be nice to me. Because he's no, no. Why no, would I be nice no, to you? No, he wants to win. I, actually, hold on a second. Uh, we have to ask, you know, one of our favorite all-time uh, listeners, El Heno. Mm-hmm. Well, where's our new music? Yeah, he said he was going to write us a song. After I, we did at that. first, I gave him a free pass because he was getting married. Mm-hmm. But that's that, been months. And then he had a honeymoon. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I want to blame the delay on his uh, his Antifa activities. Oh, okay. He needs to, he needs to stop <laughs> with his uh, Antifa activities and get down to things that matter. That's like true. Our, our like, new like song. our new song. Yeah. Exactly. All right. So, anyways, uh, Crash Davis. Fuck you, Jason. I'm starting off with Crash Davis. <laughs> All right. Who are you picking? Veteran baseball player. So, I got to think of a, a veteran... Pro sports guy, respectable, but yet on the downside, the denouement. But you can make a movie about him. And I thought this sounds like uh, Roy McAvoy. Oh, who? Tin Cup. Oh, I sense a theme coming. I sense a theme too. Because, and you really think about the way movies have gone with Kevin Costner the past several years. I mean, he did star in Draft Day, which is the origination of Draft Day, this segment, you know. 
he has kind of become Tom Cruise-ish, hasn't he, in his order? In Where he's way? kind of like replaying the same character over and over oh, again, yeah. just in different settings and time periods. But he, he does the best when he's playing an athlete or something to do with athletics. Correct. Those are the best movies he does. So I couldn't, I couldn't think of a better Crash Davis than a Roy McAvoy. Like, ball. Ball. <laughs> you know, stubborn. Yeah. You know? But still trying to, you know, teach the younger guys and all that kind of stuff. Well, I'm going next. Uh, I'm going to steal. So I'm I going next, so I can't yeah. take your pick, which now, I'm guessing. Now, now, Jason, right I did there. not. That, I did not. Pick. I did disappoint you because I didn't pick who you thought I was probably going to pick, right? You did. This I scared guy you. Right here is who Jason's going to pick. Go ahead pick. Jeff go may ahead. be scaring me at the moment. Uh, you can go next. No, go ahead. Uh, I am picking uh, John Hamm. Oh, that isn't who I thought you were going to Yeah, no. for Crash Davis. Well, you were worried about us stealing that? Hey, yeah. wait a minute. That just means you just you just bumped into the pick that Jeff was going to take because Jeff never got to say who he was taking. I'm taking Crash Davis. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Uh, John Hamm. The only reason, I didn't think you would steal him, but I, that, I had no one else that I could do for John Hamm, or for Crash, Crash Davis. Davis. Okay. Yeah, I, like I actually have two, and now, now they're both there. But. Okay. I'm going John Hamm. I think he could pull it off. He's funny, but serious, and uh, you know, good romantic lead. But he's athletic, so I'm going John Hamm. Maybe a little bit older than I wanted, but not bad. All right. Well, I'll go for my Crash Davis. To run on crashes. It is. Might as well get him out of the way. That's right. Uh, but I think mm-hmm. I'm going to go. It's between two, but I think I'm going to go with uh, Gusinski. He was the uh, catcher from uh, for love of the game. You know what? What he was? I, I did think about him earlier today. It, I thought, well, I, I got a good it one. was going to be between him and Jake Taylor. Both oh. of them are superior baseball movies to Bull Durham. Yes, they are. Which means I just lost this uh, draft day. Oh, Bull Durham maybe is overrated. Bull Durham was funny. It's funny, but I like it. It's funny, good. but for love of the game and uh, Lady League, League are both better. Yeah, little big league is better, but uh, I, I'll go for the, the better Kevin Costner baseball movie and okay. Gusinski as my Crash okay. Davis. Uh, it's not a snake draft, so Blake, your second round pick. Who are you going with? All right, my uh, second, third, and fourth round picks. Mm-hmm. You, you only get one this round. I know, but they're all kind of grouped together, and well, we it's, won't it's, steal it's, it's the whole dynamic of this cast is what's going to make this these <laughs> picks great. I hope we don't steal them because you only get them one at a time. Annie Savoy. Right. You know, I need the next next best actress. You know, she you know she kind of like you know makes herself out to be a big deal and basically toys with this little local you know minor league baseball team, plays with the men, uses them, throws them aside, etc. You know, kind of makes it her. You know, she picks special projects for the summer and all that kind of stuff. And even though I, my original thought was to go a little older, I kept thinking, you know, this is kind of like something that a, a, a rich woman would do that could act without, you know, repercussions and get away with it. Because what guy isn't going to turn her away? So uh, my uh, Annie Savoy will be played by Ivanka Trump. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. <sighs> oh, just you wait. I'm worried now. I got a Jason. Go- um. Oh God. <laughs> I want my Annie Savoy. <laughs> God. <laughs> uh, I'm going smart, sexy, can be romantic, can be just you know. Uh, don't take mine. Diane Lane. 
You didn't take mine. Woo. Diane Lane. I thought about... That's Diane a good Lane pick. Good. That's Diane a good pick. I, I, I like me some Diane Lane. I thought about Katie Seagal. Because she can do a lot. Uh, she has a big range, too. Diane Lane's better. Mm, yeah. yeah. And my other pick was... Nobody was going to pick this one. Uh, Susan Sarandon's character from White Palace, Nora Baker. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I stopped. Uh, no, so I'm going Diane Could Lane. Yeah. Diane Lane? Excellent. Okay. Okay, go ahead. All right. Well, I'll save my Annie for later since you guys have okay. already filled that spot. Yeah. So that's a safe. That's a safe draft pick. Yeah. And I'll go, I'll go with my uh, Larry, the uh, pitching coach of the Bulls. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, I got to go with uh, somebody I think really lead the team to to victory. And I'm going with uh, Mike was not or Waskowski, <gasps> the Billy Crystal character from Monsters Inc. Which character is this? I'm sorry. Uh, Larry. Larry Robert Wool. The, the, the okay. pitching coach. I like it. He is a good coach for Solly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gets him in there, gets him pumped up. That's a up. weird fucking movie you got going on there. All right. <laughs> uh, I, I thought about doing staking characters from other baseball movies, mm-hmm. you know. So That's kind of easy. I thought about taking, you know, like, uh, 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 what's his name? Lou Brown right there. And well, I'm not. crossing him off my list. That yeah, was on my short list. I will take him. But, but I decided to go with what I thought. If I'm putting this movie together... What I want to see, and I want to see Mike was out. Ah, I can't even say his name, but Mike Wazowski, Mike Wazowski mm-hmm. coaching uh, my Durham Bulls. Okay, round three, Blake. All right, uh, so third pick, I gotta go with uh, Nuke Lelouch. You know, mm-hmm. you're thinking, a, you know, a very promising athlete. You know, could make it to the top. Has some problems. Has some problems. Mm-hmm. Right. Talented, but has some problems. Needs guidance and mentorship. Oh God, don't! Very don't susceptible. Do it. Very susceptible to female influences and manipulation. I couldn't think of any better athlete to play this part than Colin Kaepernick. That's not bad. That's not bad. That's not bad. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He can be led astray real easily. Mm-hmm. Kind of tough to pitch from your knee. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, moving on. Uh, let's see here. Um, I'm going my uh, Nuke Lelouch, uh, Tim Robbins, as well. Uh, this is a tough one for me. I didn't really know who I could go with. And I thought he could pull it off. Tate's, Channing Tatum. I feel like he's goofy enough that he could do it. All right. I'm, I'm going with Tate's, Channing Tatum. It. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like that bad pick. And I kind of want to see John Hammond uh, Tate's in a movie together. Yeah. Maybe, maybe this 21 Jump Street character. Yeah. Finish. Yeah. I like that. So with I'm going Diane Lane in between them. Oh, God, don't don't, don't get me warmed. Ooh, oh. Don't get him warmed. God, there's some warmth in my nether regions. Uh, <laughs> I suppose uh, my Diane. third round pick, I think now it's time to go for my Annie Savoy. Okay. Uh, I think I'm going to pick the TX from Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines. <laughs> As played by Christina Loken. She is she is quite attractive. She, she is quite attractive and takes no shit for, or doesn't take any shit from anybody. Okay. So I'm going with the TX. That's a horrible pick. It's a great pick. <laughs> uh, so you did not win today. Uh, go ahead, Blake. Finish uh, it up. My, my movie will be better than yours. <laughs> I just want to see Mike Wazowski and TX just talk. Well, what's your last pick? Last pick is uh, Larry, mm-hmm. the Robert Wool character. You know, the pitching coach of the Bulls. Yeah. You know, the old guy who kind of knows what he's doing, but not really. Mm-hmm. Gives a lot of useless advice. 
really no help at all, but he runs everything, and his advice really doesn't matter because yeah. he, he doesn't know what he's doing. All right. So I figured I need that kind of guy to help out uh, my nuke Lelouch, you know, balanced by Roy McAvoy and being seduced and used by Ivanka Trump. And I couldn't think of anybody better to symbolize this guy than Bernie Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Does everybody get in free for the, re- the games? <laughs> Do they just give away tickets? Yeah, it goes against the whole concept because you know Larry, the you know the head coach, he actually has like three summer houses, but yet he's still supposed to be poor. <laughs> so I'm going the goofy old guy that thinks he knows everything but is clueless. I'm going. There's only one Frank Reynolds, Danny DeVito's character from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> Not bad, but I think I at least won in that spot because Mike Wazowski, I think, is a better. He might be, but I like the Danny DeVito. He brings the toe knife out, so that's going to be oh, a good sign. Oh, the toe knife is a good one. <laughs> if, if, if only he could be the owner of the Durham Bulls, that would be oh, more fitting. that would be. You're right, like the it. head coach. But I do like it. That's good. Uh, uh, my uh, other option uh, was uh, Thomas Kirk. I was going to kiss the mask there. Ah, but, uh, but gotcha. yeah. we're, going, we're going Frank Todd Reynolds. All right, well, my Last pick, Mr. Mr. Irrelevant here. I got Nuke Lelouch left on mine. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I was thinking about going all other baseball movies, and I was thinking like a Henry Rowengartner from Rookie of the Year might be good here because he yeah. will throw the ball hard. But Did you turn your turn phone your down? Fucking phone off. Well, then quit texting me. I'm not well, texting you. I already you. did that, though. That's what's bothering me. <laughs> I'm not texting you at all. Uh, anyways, go ahead, Jeff. Who's your uh, what's-his-face? What's your uh, fourth? Uh, but uh, I decided, yeah, something, you know, somebody who can, like, throw the ball, like, real hard, but not necessarily all that accurate. You? Uh, I can't throw <laughs> the ball hard. Please. Now, uh, for Nucleouche, I'm getting a trebuchet. Just a regular trebuchet? A trebuchet. <laughs> who is this Frenchman you're talking about? <laughs> Mr. Boucher. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it probably acts about as good as Tim Robbins anyway. I want to see, so. I now picture the Trey Boucher pitching. <laughs> but instead of a baseball, it's a fireball. <laughs> wow, that's the third person we burned this week. I like it. So, Jeff, what's your team? Uh, my team, I got Crash Davis as Gus Zinsky, <laughs> Annie Savoy as the TX, Nuke Lelouch as a Trey Boucher, and Larry as Mike Wazowski. I want to see your uh, Annie get it on with the trebuchet. <laughs> uh, she is a machine. That's she knows true. how to do it. Uh, mine is Crash Davis is John Hamm. Uh, Di- uh, Diane Lane plays Annie Savy. Savy. Savoy. Thank you. Uh, Nicola Lush is uh, Tate's. Channing Tatum. And uh, Frank Reynolds, a.k.a. Danny DeVito's character from Always Sunny in Philly, is Larry, the pitching coach. Mm-hmm. Uh Jeff or Blake. Oh, God. God. All right. So, anyways, my Crash Davis is uh, Roy McAvoy from Tin Cup. He started you know, off the, the washed up old prof- you know, professional. You know, the uh, English professor, community college, uh, boy toy prospect using chew them up, spit them out lady, Ivanka Trump. You know, my nuke Lelouch. You know, my talented you know, athlete with a lot of, you know, promise and vigor, but, you know, yet ignorant and misguided sometimes and needs guidance. Eric Colin Trump. Kaepernick. And, uh, you know, the manager who spouts off a lot of wisdom that doesn't amount to much of anything, that's uh, Bernie Sanders. I like the Kaepernick. At least he got picked up by some team. Did some team <laughs> yeah. get him? 
Yeah, Jack, Blake's yeah, team. My team. <laughs> yeah, oh, I did. Yeah, okay, yeah. The Bulls. The Bulls. The Durham Bulls. <laughs> yeah. He's now on the Durham Bulls. Well, the good news yeah. is, Kaepernick, you got uh, you got picked up by a team. Really? Who? Uh, you're going to Durham. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, really you know, influenced, in, you know, very influenced by you know radical females, you know. <laughs> All uh, right, so uh, Captain Admiral gets to pick uh, who he thinks won that one, and uh, we'll announce that uh, when he gets a winner to us. Hey, Hobie listeners, what are you guys doing September twenty second through the twenty fourth of two thousand seventeen? Well, if you're in or around Cincinnati, or even if not, because we even have people come from the UK. Good day, mates. Uh, to the Cincinnati Comic Expo at the Duke Energy Convention Center. We got lots of guests. We got Scott Snyder, comic book fame, is going to be there. Mikey Jiha, who is also the Poison Ivy from Gotham. I probably said that name wrong. Also, Julian Glover is going to be there. Jason Isaacs, who's in the new Star Trek Discovery show. Also, Brett Iwin, who is the voice of Mickey Mouse. This, plus lots of exhibitors, vendors, everything else, cosplay, anything you need. Plus, on Saturday night is the Harry Potter uh, Geek Prom. So, come September 22nd through the 24th. Get your tickets now at CincinnatiComicExpo.com. And Hobie will even be there, so you get to say hi to us. Doesn't that make your day? Thanks. It's time for another installment of the News of the Geek. Hold on to your horses. We got some good stuff now. <laughs> Matthew Broderick. Uh, Deadline is reporting. This isn't even on the sheet from the intern. This just came in. Ooh. Reporting. See, I do do uh, work when you Great guys news. are doing talking Game it's of just Thrones. Deadline reports that Warner Brothers is planning a Batman spinoff. That will focus on the early criminal career of the Joker. However, however, this will, uh, will not be directly connected to the current crop of DC movies of Suicide Squad and all that. In fact, Jared Leto will not be playing the Joker in this movie. Nor Jack Nicholson? <laughs> Jack Nicholson is. They're bringing Heath Ledger in. Here we go. Right? CGI. <laughs> Writer Todd Phillips, uh, who also did The Hangover. Uh, it's the first film under a new banner that is yet to be named in which w, uh, Warner Brothers can expand the canon of DC properties and create unique storylines with different actors playing the iconic characters. In other words, it's going to be a DC Films universe in which Leto is still on board for the present-day Joker in Suicide Squad 2 and Gotham City Sirens. But this is going to be take place in... It's a prequel, and it might be a multiverse. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be like the, how they always put out those one-shots that have nothing to do with the universe and comics. I don't have a problem Which with makes sense if they're movies. going to do Flashpoint. No. Oh, Flashpoint. Oh, yeah, that is going to yeah. be. Is that an origin story? Yes. We See, don't need an origin story. Don't need an origin story. And, Matter of and, fact, the Joker is much better without an origin. Ex- exactly, because the ambiguity of the various yes. origin stories that are out there, it's better him having the ambiguity... Than actually defining it, and making it canon. I still say I like the idea that there's in comic books the theory that there's five different Jokers through time, and like the reason is like the playful one in the '40s or the that was the '60s I think, and then you know the different eras had a different one take over the role. I like the idea. Of course, you know what I also like not knowing his origin. Sorry, uh, the spinoff has Morton Scorsese on board as producer. So there you go. It's uh, the intention is to make a gritty and grounded, hard-boiled crime film set in the early '80s. Nope. 
Don't need to see it. No, no, early 80s. Then they can come across uh, the X-Men from... Uh, oh, that would be great. It could <laughs> be from t- the Age of Apocalypse. Is Amy Pascal yeah. in charge of this? Or or maybe the Spider-Man with the rope oh, from Webs. Yeah, That was on the TV show back in the day. <laughs> Mark, uh, who was that? Mark uh, the boy Baker? from The boy from a, a, a song. What's the, what's the from that uh, musical? Oh, you know, Dear... A, a female, doe, a deer, a female. Sound of Music Boy. <laughs> the Sound of Music Boy that played Spider-Man in the late 70s. <laughs> I went the rope for a web. <laughs> you guys don't remember that? I, I do remember it. Yes. I remember because I always thought it was uh, the one Hardy Boy was playing Spider-Man, and it turned oh. out I was completely wrong. Yes. <laughs> no, he, he he sang the Do-Ron-Ron. Yes. <laughs> no, the other Hardy Boy. Yeah, the other Hardy Boy. Oh, okay. Yeah. He, he looked more like Parker Stevenson yeah. than, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, no, I forgot his name. Well, I always thought it was Parker Stevenson, and I found out I was wrong. Embarrassingly so. Yeah. <laughs> Nicholas Hammond was a Spider-Man. Yeah. So there you go. Chip Fields was in it, and Robert Simon. Just give you an idea. Whoever they are. Yeah. Anyway, so there you go. That's exciting. Uh, also, this is a fun little thing uh, the intern found. that Compbookmovie.com had a clip of this. Uh, basically, there was a new uh, DC animated movie that came out, and DC animated movies are really pretty damn good. Uh, they're a little bit grittier than most. Uh, they're PG-13, and uh, they're pretty well done. Not all are PG-13. The Batman ones are. So Harley and Nightwing uh, hook up in the new animated movie Batman and Harley Quinn. Basically, Harley Quinn has an incapacitated Dick Grayson back in her apartment, ties him to her bed when she decides what to do with him. After stripping down to her undies and listing off her collection of outfits, she notices that uh, Nightwing has been um, paying attention to her and is at full staff. And she decides to make the most of a hard situation. Boo. Boo. Yeah, for a comic book movie. Boo. Boo. Um, now, hold on a second. You know, go ahead. Now, the, the next line here in the reporting. Read, read the next line because I have a comment. a surprisingly adult scene in a movie we all thought looked to be aimed more at younger viewers from the trailer. And it's pretty funny to boot. I did funny to tra- boot. Now, hold on a second. Yes. Imagine the outrage if it was the other way around when she's incapacitated, takes her home, ties her up in the bed, and strips down and gets naked and then well, gets funky with it. They do both say yes. But I'm, I'm telling you, reverse the jo- ro- gender roles here, and you have a major problem. You would have yeah. 50 Shades I of Grey. I actually kind of had a major problem when I read that. I'm like... Seriously? In that too. And even as it stands still, you know. It's um But you know, the kinky side of me says, Yeah, okay. Well yeah, if he said you know, hey, go ahead, tie me up, then that's fine. But if she ties him up and then She he was knocked out, she yeah. ties him up, and uh she's trying to uh come back from her she's trying to be a good guy. Yeah. And so she's uh-huh. conflicted on what to do, and then she's so she changing him. Yeah. Well yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> No, but, see, no, but seriously, but, yeah, no, no, but seriously, no, no. So, I mean, you, you could take it as it is. Yeah. You know, there's romance involved and that kind of stuff, and, and leave it as it is as a cartoon. But you know, people are gonna throw so many moralistic issues into this thing rather than just letting it be because you can't do that anymore. Well, no, every, everything's offensive. Yeah, I mean, I'm just offended sitting across the table from you. You know, exactly. You know, there were a lot of Harley Quinns again this year at Gen Con. There always are. Some always of them are. some of them were very attractive to look at. Other ones they Creature tried. Out. <laughs> <laughs> they tried. Maybe uh, I should go as Harley Quinn. Well, it's like the ones I were... There was a guy that went as Harley Quinn. All right. It was kind of like the guys did, that go did, as... Didn't do anything here. for me. 
Hardly, did his crowd only have a beard? Kept the beard. Uh, there no, is, it's like serious. the ones that cosplay as uh, Green Lanterns. No, nobody looks good in spandex mm-hmm. that no. tight. But, Don't do it. But no. the thing is, you can just be any Green Lantern in the world or in the universe. Yes, but they all wear the tight spandex. Don't do it. Right. I'll do it. I'm going as Green Lantern next time. You convinced me. Okay. Yeah. I'll be from whatever planet, or maybe I'll be a Red Lantern. How's that? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. Quick, a uh, couple things here per IGN. Movie Pass announced its new price point, allowing buyers to subscribe to the service for $9.95 a month. Users then download an app and are mailed a debit card, which allows users to check into a movie at theaters once a day and see one movie every day. So not $10 is great. That's yeah. the price of That's the price of one yeah. movie. If you're seeing a movie a month, it, it well, it, it, it pays is. for itself if you see a movie a month. If Correct. you see two movies a month, you're getting... I thought about doing this. I'm still considering it. Uh, System initially launched in 2010 with AMC Theaters as a major partner. Uh, they were originally as high as $45 a month. Yeah, I think I do um, remember when that first came out. And I'm like, ah, that's more than I'll use. They did fall down to $30 because I was listening to another podcast yeah, a while back that it was down to 30 The first thing I read was uh, about this story was that it was at 30 Yes. Uh, they lowered the uh, price. Uh, according to a uh, hel- uh, stakeholder, sorry, the majority stakeholder, Helios and Matheson CEO Ted Farnsworth, uh, basically, an attempt to bolster its customer base and collect viewing habit data from them. Blake, they're collecting viewing data habit from you. Yes, that's where it comes to. Yeah, uh, well, that's fine if I could. You know, I, well, that's one thing they were saying. It's like, oh yeah, you can see like thirty movies a month. I'm like, no, you can't, because if you read the fine print, you can't see the same movie more than once. Oh really? So that so you can't borrow cards in that way. Yeah, yeah, you can only get one a day. You can't, and you have to order it the day of, so you can't pre-order tickets with it. Huh? That's interesting. But but it's like they don't release thirty movies a month, so (laughs) they barely make make good one good movie a month. I mean, unless they're getting a lot of art house movies also on board with this. Uh, AMC Theaters released a press release saying the company is consulting with its attorneys to determine if or how AMC can prevent a subscription program offered by MoviePass to be used in AMC oh, theaters. Oh, AMC is trying to prevent it? Yes. Uh, AMC is not opposed... Quote, AMC was getting their money, so why should they worry? AMC is not opposed to subscription programs. This one envisioned by MoviePass is not one AMC can embrace. We are actively working now to determine... Uh, whether it may be feasible to opt out and not participate in this shaky and unsustainable program the company's released says. I'll agree it's unsustainable. Yes. Uh, unless they're finding other ways of making money off of the data they're gathering from you. This is well, the you've seen the prices of popcorn, right? Well, this, uh, but that's the theater's making that money. <laughs> the movie's which, like, oh. The theater is getting paid the ticket price and they're getting people in. I can't understand why a theater wouldn't want this. Really? It, yeah. Exactly. You're more prone to buy popcorn now. Yeah, because yeah, I have more money for it. Exactly. <laughs> and, and you know, for one quarter more, you can upsize. I mean, <laughs> to the extra. You know, for extra 25 order. cents more, you get defibrillators. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, movie, the fun part is you're required to ask that. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah. Uh, movie Pass executive Mitch Lowe responded to AMC's comments, comparing that reaction to that of Blockbuster when Netflix and Redbox. Both of which Lowe previously worked for appeared in the marketplace. It's the big guy being afraid of the little guy offering better value. So there you go. I still don't understand what AMC's problem is because they're getting paid regardless, and the people coming into their theater are more apt to spend money mm-hmm. at the concession stand. Yes. I mean, it is Movie Pass that's not making the money. So that's a big thing. I'm 
sure, go for it. Why I'm not? Because, I mean, oh, hell yeah, if I don't even have to... I'm a big, Although I'm used to doing those Tuesdays where it's half price tickets, so I'm a big fan of you know what? Let's see what the market can will allow. If yeah. it's if it people like it, it's going to succeed. If not, yeah. it's going to fail. Well, if they if they have if they can find a way to profit from correct. It. And like I said, I might be willing to go to fifteen bucks a month, but nothing higher than that. Really. Fifteen wouldn't be bad because that's pretty much what you pay almost now. Yeah. You pay about twelve or thirteen. Uh, quick, uh, some quickies. Wonder Woman surpassed eight hundred million at the box office Good worldwide. Woman. Yay! And uh, long rumored Star Wars anthology of Obi Wan Kenobi is moving ahead with Stephen Daldry set to direct. Uh, he did the Hours and the Reader, so that was huh? great. Do what? He he. What directed. movies? Yeah, exactly. Obi Wan Kenobi. Huh? The, you never heard of the Hours and the Reader? No. You uh, and McGregor. Is that all one movie? No, it's two different movies. No, two very acclaimed. Uh, Academy Award winning movies. Right. Ewan McGregor has been adamant about his interest to return, but there's no information on that yet. I would uh, like to see him in that role. I don't think you can... He's the perfect age for yeah, it right now. Yeah, unless... I mean, I'm assuming it's taking place... In between. between. Tweeners. Yeah. Unless it's something that takes place before the prequels. Oh, don't do it. I could, I could see a solo film, a one-off like Rogue One. I have no issue with that. Yeah, I'd be fine with that. I don't want a trilogy like they're doing with no. fucking uh, Han Solo. Oh, I thought it was a one-off. Nope, trilogy. Oh, jeez. Oh, they are doing trilogy. Yeah, and they're fun. doing... Well, rich. they might not after this one fails because of all the problems. Well, Ron Howard, uh, one of the characters, uh, I can't remember, he's an Emmy-winning character, like a really well-known one. He had a yeah. decent role in it, like a pretty decent size, yeah. and they just confirmed that he's been cut from the new reshoots, and they're not putting him in it now. Wow. So they cut his whole character out. Whoever it was, so like, it was oh. such a powerful uh, role to begin with. Yes. See ya. Have a good day. You ever wonder when Spider-Man goes to the bathroom if the toilet paper sticks to his fingers? You ever wonder why Superman wears his underwear outside of his pants? My name is Imran. My name is Anthony. He's the jock. And he's the nerd. And we're your hosts for the Jock and Nerd podcast, where we sometimes try to attempt to answer these questions. This is a full spoiler podcast, and we swear a lot. Check it out for awesome geek news, interviews, and comic book reviews. Visit jockandnerd.com. We are your superhero TV, movies, and comic book culture curators. Boom. Jockandnerd.com. Jockandnerd! Everybody's favorite theme music for Top 5. Top 5. Yeah, what have you done for us lately, though, Heno? That's what I want to know. <laughs> he worked on his abs. Mmm. Heno oh, abs. Yeah. Oh. Top 5 this week, in honor of Jeannie from Hobie being on our show last week. Uh, she, uh, We did, we're doing Top 5 favorite seasonal, seasonal beers. So, you know, not the ones that are around... All year, but just you know, for a couple weeks, like five so, to eight so weeks. The ones that you can only get during certain times of the year. That's right. Uh, I'm going to go first. Uh, my number five is a uh, root beer from the root beer stand in Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, that was a pretty. That's some pretty damn good root beer. You can buy it by the growler. Where's the root beer stand? It's up uh, in Sharonville area. Ah, yeah. So sorry for the lo- for people not local. But it is there. an amazing place. It's an old diner-like type thing. It's a, like an old drive-through, like um, drive-in. You know, drive-in. Yes, thank you. And uh, you can get place. root beer in a frosty mug. Chili cheese dogs. Oh my god, they're so good. Mm-hmm. Foot-long chili cheese dogs. So root beer from the root beer stand. They make it it's fresh. Their own. Yeah, fresh off the tap. Yep. 
So, uh, Jeff, what's your number five? Uh, my number five is the Abita Blueberry Wheat. That's not a bad one. Uh, I like Abita a lot. I, I love Abita. Like, almost every beer from Abita I've had, I've enjoyed. Okay. You mean Abita? I don't know if I've had However I pronounce it is right. <laughs> Abita. Because if you're saying a bitter, I'm thinking of a style of... No, not a bitter. Yeah. A bitter. bitter. I thought you were trying to like do no, like a 365 flick <laughs> No, I'm accent. not the one that does accents. No, obviously. <laughs> Even when you do it straight, it sounded okay. like it. A bitter. Bitter. Is that better for you? Bitter. As in please. Well, yeah. A bitter. Bitter. Yeah. yeah. A bitter. It, it looks like a small eye to me. Anyways, moving on. What's your number five, Blake? <laughs> Uh, my number five, I know I can only get this, uh, in, uh, warm weather. Of course, this one, I've only had it, so I'm assuming that it's only in warm weather. And, uh, this one's up, uh, up by, uh, Big Dev's Way, up there in Ohio's Hat. Comes from, uh, Dragon Mead, uh, microbrewery. Okay. And it's the Kaiser's Kolsch. Oh. Very what? good, very Dark good. Beer? No, it's a Kolsch. It's a. I don't know what Kolsch. Sorry, it's a like a lager pilsner, okay. like you know, kind of beer. Thank you for explaining that. You're and welcome. Making me feel like a dummy. Yeah, I actually had to go into my. I am my uh, my. Uh, tapped. Uh, tapped. Yeah, yeah, tapped into uh, finding my five star rankings. I would have done un- that, but untapped. I had, I had to delete my untapped from my phone because I ran out of memory. Yeah. <laughs> and I got rid of everything I didn't use, so then untapped yeah. had to go. So yeah, it wasn't something I used as frequently as the rest. You saw a printer yeah. though, right? I mean, Tinder. Tinder. <laughs> Tinder. <laughs> uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so all all of my beers here are some somewhat seasonal, from best I can remember, and they're only my five star ratings on Untapped. Okay. What's your uh, number four? Uh, my number four. Uh, this is a summer beer, and it comes from the uh, Von Trapp Brewing Lager Company. Uh, it's uh, from Vermont, and it's called the uh, Golden Hellas Lager. I like Hellas's. I, I know like Hellas's Hellas a lot. I love Hellas's. Okay. And it's a good summer beer. So I drink Hellas's in the summer. I don't have a problem with that at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your number four, Jeff? My number four, I kind of have a tie. Okay. Um, they, they are my uh, pumpkin beers for the, the, the fall. Or okay. Ooh. Um, the problem Ooh. is I don't think they make either one of these anymore. Okay, I'm go ahead. I'm so pumpkined out on fall beers. That's fine. I mean, when it first happened, I love. I'd be like, "Give me some, give me some," yeah. and now I'm like, Bleh. "Well, that's because everybody and their brother made one." And, and I think a lot of them are just throwing pumpkin syrup flavoring. Yeah, oh, m- m- most of it is pumpkin spice. Yeah. So, but, uh, but anyways, the, ones, go the ahead. ones that I particularly go with the good ones. Yeah, that give us stu- good. Give us good ones. For me, was give us a good I liked one. the New Belgium Pump Kick. Mm. They do make that. Uh, I was looking today, and it's not out yet. Give it a couple weeks. It didn't look like it was coming out. I October, hope Oktoberfest beers are coming out. Yeah, so. I, I hope it does. And, or, or out already. And the the other one, uh, I'm pretty sure, is not coming out because I saw people commenting on on this one about how they're going to miss it. But it was the uh, Rivertown uh, Pumpkin Ale? I've had that. Uh, Rivertown is a local brewery here in Cincinnati, yes. and. And I really liked their pumpkin, especially, you know, get a draft at the bars. Local bars carried it. Mm-hmm. And the good thing about it is they weren't so heavy on, on the pumpkin <coughs> spices. But to drink it properly, the bar should would coat your rim with uh, sugar and cinnamon. 
Yeah. So it was Ooh. pretty cool that way. That, would, that is pretty nice. I, I like I, when bars go the. I like it yeah. when bars go the extra mile to present to you a good tasting beer with a special yeah. twist. Yeah. Almost kind of like, you know, lime with the Dos Equis. <laughs> But the way you described it, you makes makes it feel like you're drinking something sophisticated, like a salted margarita. But um, but, but I, I really liked it. But apparently, Rivertown is not making their pumpkin anymore. I uh, think you should go protest. The pump kick, uh, closest place right now, right now, right now. St. Peter's, Missouri has one uh, oh. at the Hot Spot Liquor. It's yeah. 350 miles away. Now that was last year's. It may have been last year's. <laughs> it's been sitting in the sun and maybe a little flat. Uh, they made it in 2016. Uh, yeah, it's now 2017. Yeah, I haven't seen much about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. from, I mean, didn't see anything about them planning, saying it's coming out or anything, so I'm a little hesitant. But I like it. I hope it comes back out, because that's really the one pumpkin one that I will drink. It is in Paducah, Kentucky, too. Hey, that's not too far. There you go. That's closer than Missouri. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, my number four is, uh, I always... Fuck this one up. Uh, it's from Moreline. It's Chris Kendall. Chris, uh, Chris Kendall. Is that how you say? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's a Christmas beer. Uh, really mm-hmm. like it. It's a smooth. I I like the. It's a smooth taste for it. Uh, a lot of the times at Christmas time and that it's a lot of darkness because it's cold and, and yeah, all that. It's out a lot heavier than you yeah. Usually and I'm like. not a big dark beer fan. Uh, mm-hmm. I enjoy that one though. I feel like there's a little bit of lightness to it. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. I like the Chris Kendall. Uh, my number three is a summer beer. Uh, from New Belgium. Okay. I really am digging New Belgium lately. Mm-hmm. Um, New Belgium. Skinny Dip. Uh, it's a lighter one. I don't think I've had that one. I've You've never, never heard one? of it. No, I'll get you that. What here. is it? Uh, it is a lighter uh, beer. Uh, they only It only comes out, uh, like I said, for, I want to say maybe six, seven weeks. Um, it's not, you can't find it and, always. And they, they mass uh, produce yes. it so to ship across yes. the country? Uh, it is a hmm. uh, it is a American Pale uh, Lager style. Uh, let's see here. Uh, yeah, for the lightly attired uh, summer months. So mm. uh, it is. Um, it's uh, has a little bit of citrus in it. So yeah, it's not bad though. So I really okay. enjoy it though. So there you go. There's my number three. Uh, my number three. I'm getting on the Christian Moreline bandwagon here, uh, and I'm going with the Emancipator Doppelbach. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Is that the one in, in, de, dedicated to the memory of Abraham Lincoln? Because he always liked a great Doppelbach. Sure. I don't know why they chose that as the name, but that's what their their spring uh, when when the when all the snow melts and you know you're celebrating the return of spring. The Bach. That's right. For for a lot of people, we got the big Bach fest here in yeah. town every spring. We have a big Bach fest in town because uh, a lot of people don't know we have a lot of German heritage in Southwest German Catholic heritage in Southwest Ohio. Yes, we do. You know, you know, it is kind of interesting. The dichotomy we have in Ohio. Southwest Ohio is full of German Catholics. German Not Catholic. Lutherans, Catholics. Yeah. And the Northeast Ohio is full of a lot of uh, Eastern European Slavic. Yeah, a lot of Polish. And, yeah, uh, it's pretty interesting. But anyways. Uh, but yeah, um, and well, and, and Jason, that is a spring beer. Spring beer. It's a Bach. It's a dark I, spring beer. We did a beer, poll yes. on Twitter today. I did. And I oh, did not, boy. What's your favorite seasonal What's your favorite season? What season is your favorite for for beer drinking? Yeah, and it was summer, winter, and fall because of Oktoberfest. 
Not a lot of spring. spring because I didn't think there was many seasonal beers in spring. I think of saisons when I think of spring. And then there's also one. I you know so I but I like saisons but it depends. I'm very picky on them. But uh, I, I, th- I think of the box, and, and I'm thinking, Jason, you should know this, because every year you want to do something for your birthday, mm-hmm. and it's always Bockfest weekend is your birthday. Yeah, and he doesn't so like So we can never drink. go to any place downtown because it's full of the Bockfest, <laughs> and you can't find a place to sit anywhere. <laughs> I just found out that uh, New Belgium actually stopped Skinny Dip this year. I guess uh, I bought a little bad pile, old pack. The, the name and, offended people. And uh, I got... <laughs> Juicy watermelon is the new one that they. Uh, have. I'm, I'm offended by that too. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of the watermelon in beer. No. I, I tried the. Uh, I've tried Color a couple. High watermelon. I've tried that. Is getting a lot of. Apparently, as I was looking this stuff up, a lot of people like listed that high as a I, uh, seasonal beer. It was like, no. okay. I did. I, Very uh, no. flavorless. Yeah, that's what I thought. I mean, watermelon's flavorless to begin with. Yeah, and <laughs> now you just water down your you beer just, even just more. Just pour water in your beer. All right. Oh, so that was my number three. Was the Emancipator Doppelbach from the Christian Moore line? Quite simply, a better beer. I feel like New Belgium should be buying some ad space on our show this week because uh, I just have a look at their website. They're just a limited release Belgian release. Or I'm sorry, Fat Tire Belgian White. I saw that. I that saw that at the uh, saw that the store on my way me. here after picking up a. Uh, <coughs> oh, excuse me. After picking up Bless. a six pack, I considered picking up the. That except it wasn't in the cold beer section. So, okay, go ahead, Blake. What's your number three? Uh, my number three. Now this was this was a wonderful, charming find. Now I'm going to call this a, a my uh, autumn autumn selection. If you could ever find this, they're out of Massachusetts. Every once in a while, I like to try and find a good cider beer. All right. Most of the time, I'm disappointed. I believe it. So on the rare occasion that I was in the pub in Columbus. Uh, I saw this uh, Massachusetts cider talking about an original authentic cider. So I said, yeah, sure, I'll try it. Because, you know, it was fall, beautiful. Have you ever had a real apple cider? Yes. You know, it comes, it's dark, and it's milky, Mm -hmm. and it tastes apple-y, and et cetera. I got this, and it looked exactly like that. Not the fake beer shit that you get. And it was good alcoholic apple cider. And it comes from Down East Cider House Cider. And uh, it's called the Original Blend. And uh, originally what draw me to draw this draw me to this name was because it reminded me like Cider House Rules. <laughs> Great movie. <laughs> like, yeah, I'll try it. What the hell? Do it. And, Do your Michael Caine. And, Do your Michael Caine. Somebody will just want to watch a world no, bond. Do it from no. Cider House Rules. Who wants an abortion? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Blake. I didn't mean to interrupt you with that. I can't think of anything better to, to go with my cider house cider. But anyways, I had a couple of these and got drunk. And on my untapped beer account, I gave it a five star rating. And I said, if you like apple, if you like apple cider and cider beers, this is the best you'll have. The others like Stella and uh, what's the Stella! other? One? What's the other cider beer that's popular? It's mass produced. No, yeah, reds. 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 Yeah, reds. reds. I said, "Well, that's not." Ooh, that's, yeah, that's, and, well, that's not real terrible. cider. I'm and I and I was drunk and I was reaching into my, you know, angry my orchard my uh, uh, you know, angry orchard. That's yeah, it. yeah. And I was uh, reaching, you know, back into uh, my Anglophile words, and I said, "The rest are all piss." And within minutes of me posting it on Untapped, 
Downy Cider House Cider liked my post. <laughs> there you go. I was like, awesome. But yeah, it may be hard to find, but if you ever come across it, write it down and drink it. Because if you really like apple cider and you like trying to find a good cider beer, this is really alcoholic apple cider. Okay, what's your number two? Oh, my number two. All right. <laughs> I'm going to go into this one. The taste combo. I like Shandy's. I agree. I like in the summertime like when Shandy's. it's really, really hot. But I, I got burned down on Shandy's for a while. I, 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 I haven't had one yes. for a long time. Right, you're like by August, you're kind of I like, waiting. You know, like the old travelers. You know, the the grapefruit, the lemons, pretty good. You know, the liney kugels, different shandies. I like I, when I was first exposed to real shandies in Germany back in the day when they gave me a beer mixed with lemonade. Yeah. And, you know, Rattler. I'm like, what the hell is this? You know, I like that stuff. I like Hoffenhofer, 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 and you know all that kind of stuff. But on a whim, I saw this beer. And it was from Ardent Craft Ales. Now, I'm going to tell you the combo, and you, you may go, what the hell? But I love this so much. I got this in Virginia, and it's uh, and it's from Ardent Craft Ales, and it's honey ginger ale and grape soda. That would be interesting. That, I'm intrigued. I saw that on the thing. I said, I love Rattlers. I love Shane. I said, give it to me. Because it's a weird, weird combination you don't see every day. And this is from uh, Rafa, Rafa Road World's, you know, uh, United Edition. And uh, I tried it, and I immediately fell in love with it because it was so different tasting and tasty. I loved it. Oh, it was my number two. Okay. Yes. Right. Jeff, what's your uh, number two? My number two is kind of in the vein of Shandy's, but uh, not quite. It's, it, has, it has a little of the lemon flavor to it, but not overpowering like most mm-hmm. Shandies. But I went with the uh, Samuel Adams Porch Rocker. It's my number two as well. All right. I was going back and forth and I actually just switched rocker. it from my number one to number two. <laughs> so that's good. It's a very su- uh, good beer. It's a little yeah, sweet, it, but it's it, good. It, it, it's sweet to, for a beer, but it's, you know, more full and beerier than most Shandies. So. Their, summer, uh, their summer ale is good, too. Summer the same ale is Adams. good, too. I agree. Um, so that's your number two? That's my number two. Yeah, uh, number two. My number two. My number one should be no surprise. Jeff, what do you think it is? I'm guessing it's uh, New Holland Ichabod. Ichabod! I don't like pumpkin beers. I don't like a lot of taste of pumpkin, to be honest with you. I don't even like pumpkin pie. It's mush. Uh, but mush. I love the pumpkin, uh, New Holland pumpkin uh, beer. It uh, comes out for six weeks, seven weeks. It's kind of tough to find um, if you're not it from Michigan area and that. Uh, but... A uh, couple of places have been coming around with it in Cincinnati, and uh, I pretty much hoard it uh, all year round, as long as it's a nice, cool place, dry Wait, place. you hoard it or you hoarded, hoarded it? it? Hoarded it. Hoardor. Hold the door. Hold the door. Hold the door. I got that reference. <laughs> I was going to say, you hoard that? <laughs> hoard? <laughs> or hoard it. Or hoarded. <laughs> Anyways, it's a very good pumpkin beer. It's not overpowering, and uh, like I said, it's the only pumpkin beer that I really like. Uh, Jeff, what's your number one? Uh, my number one is uh, the Hofbrau Dunkelweizen. I do you like the Dunkels? Uh, it's honestly, uh, Dunkelweizens are like usually my favorite beers. Oh, oh you Dunkel! And I really oh, like Dunkels. <laughs> so when you put them together, and at least here in town, you can go down to the Hofbrau house in the month of I think it's October. Is the month that the uh, Dunkelweizens are out? Because the, the Hofbrauhaus. Dunkelweizen, Dunkelf. 
They've got like three or four year-round beers, and then every month they'll get a new beer for the season or whatnot. Hofbra, I love Hofbra House. But uh, the the Dunkelweizen and that's Dunkels and Hefeweizens combined. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Love it, love it, love it. Yeah, you know I stole an original blast Stein out of the uh, Hofbra House. Excellent. In München, in, in Munich. Oh, in the Munich. Yeah. All right. And coasters. Sweet. Yeah. I, I'm impressed. I, Thank I bow. You. Thank you. I'll, I'll bring it in one of these days. You can look at it. <laughs> Just look at it. <laughs> you can't drink from it. Can I touch? No. <laughs> I said good day, sir. Uh, Blake, what's your number Guten one? Guten Tag, Herr. <laughs> My number one kind of a homer on this, but as you talked earlier about your pumpkin spices, mm-hmm. it is best to go to the actual brewery when they untap the first kegs of this seasonal beer. Exactly. And they'll take your, your glass... You know, pint glasses, and what they'll do is they'll you know edge the rim in like cinnamon and nutmeg for your Christmas ale, Great Lakes Christmas ale. Uh, Knew that was gonna be yours. That is my number one seasonal because I can't get enough of that stuff, and thank God it's only out during Christmas time, (laughs) or else you know. So when you go back home for Christmas time, yeah, you know, or or you know, down here it's great. You know, oh, the whole have... Christmas ale thing's taken off down here, so you can buy you know your, well, you your beer here, here as well. You, can you get like from fresh from the the? the yeah, you can factory? get fresh beer like uh, at the uh, what's the uh, Mellow Mushroom carries it every every ah. year too, and so. But, but you know what those Mellow assholes do? Pizza. You know what those assholes hey. do? You know what those assholes do at Mellow Mushroom? They they charge you the small they the, the smaller sifter glass. Oh. Uh, you know, or at least the restaurant where I was at. And I was really upset I didn't get a full pint glass. They were giving you the cheaper because it oh, has a I, slightly higher alcohol content, but not that, that high of a content. They put and the... charge me more for it. Bastards. Well, what bothers me is most of these places when they give you your pint glass, mm-hmm. you're not getting the imperial pint. That's yeah. what a fucking pint glass is. 20 ounces imperial pint. 16 yeah. ounce shit, bullshit. That's right. I was just at the pub in uh, Rookwood here locally. Mm-hmm. They gave, they serve their stuff in imperial pints, damn it. Yeah. This uh, this uh, episode brought to you by the pub of Rookwood. <laughs> not Mellow Mushroom. <laughs> they fuck you in the drive-thru. <laughs> they screw you on the Great Lakes Christmas Ale. <laughs> But Great Lakes had a couple that I was thinking about putting on my list. But Yes, the Dortmunder Gold I usually like in the summertime. Too. What I do abortions, I Elliot like Ness too. Burning River. Yeah, yeah. Th- th- those are year-round yeah. ones. Though, those are year-rounds. You can get them year-round. Uh, we had a couple from listeners. Yeah, I saw our Facebook loaded up pretty quick on yeah, this. Yeah, it did. It was a good one. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Jeannie from last week, Jeannie from Hobie, had uh, five summer shandy. Uh, she had number four was Bach, Spring and Easter. Uh, number three, Oktoberfest. Uh, number two, Ginger Pumpkin. And one, Winter Warmer or Christmas Beer. She was a little bit less specific. She was a tight, <laughs> in not general the brand. Yeah. <laughs> uh, See, in the summers, hey. I like shandies. In the uh, falls, I like the pumpkins. <laughs> in the winter, I like the Christmases. Uh, Kevin from Cincy Explorer, uh, number five, Sam Adams Summer Ale. Good choice. Number four, Summer Shanty. Shanty? Uh, shanty. <laughs> summer Shanty is at the Jamaica yeah. lager. We'll have to ask Kevin on that one. Three, Sam Adams Oktoberfest. Number two, Thirsty Dog Christmas Ale. I'm kind of intrigued just by the name. And number I know one, Thirsty Dog, yeah. Anchor Steam Holiday Ale. 
Says Anchor Steam is a good company, but yeah. I like their stuff. Uh, number five from Matthew McDonald from Daddy Waffle. He had uh, Bunderberg Ginger Beer. Number four, Gosling's Ginger Beer. Number three, Barks Root Beer. Uh, number two, Mug Root Beer. Number, <laughs> number one, Dr. Pepper. So there you go. The shot or the mixed drink or the soft drink? I think the soft drink. Right. I, I think he may be a teetotaler is what I'm getting from the... Oh. Sister Pam just had one. Summer Shandy. Uh, Ryan Varney uh, had Gobbler Lager uh, from the Roy Pitts Brewing Company uh, in Pennsylvania. Uh, the Gimp. Nick the Gimp. Uh, welcome, Nick. Five. In the spring, he likes box season. Christian Moorline Emancipator. Hey, I'm with you on that one. Number four, summer, shandies and goose, any and all. Ghosts. Goes. Yeah, goes. Uh, not a goose. That would be weird. <laughs> goose beers. No, I'm going to goose you. Uh, number three, winter, he likes the stouts, prairie, Christmas bomb, and stones. Uh, Shokovizaya. He even uh, did a pronunciation <laughs> for me, and I still <laughs> fucked it up. Spring is also KBS season. And number one, fall. Founders Backwoods Bastard. Disappointed that this wasn't on Genie's list for Founders last week. It's the best beer ever. Uh, All right, Genie, let's get your reaction to, to Nick's uh, best beer ever. And two more here. Uh, Dev. Uh, he had Arcadia Ale's Jaw Jacker. Number four, Founders Brewing Company, All Day IPA. Number All three, day. Dark Horse Brewing. Smells like a safety meeting. Like the name, <laughs> yeah. the name intrigues me enough that I want to what, at least taste what it. What type of beer is that? <laughs> Two odd side ales. He uh, had a bean flicker blonde. Number one, Parian Brewing Company. Poop your pants, chocolate bock. I don't know if I want to try. Poop yeah, your that, pants, that one kind of worries me. I'm no. not sure I want that one either. Uh, number f- Tony, Tony Genie's Tony, Tony Hot, Tony. I don't recognize him since he became professional with his beard. I know. He doesn't have the beard anymore. Number five, Great Lakes Oktoberfest. Got to go back to the Unabomber look. (laughs) Number four, Dark Horse, uh, Four Elf Winter Warmer. Kind of like the name. Uh, Malmy Bay Brewing. He had the Blitzen. needs beer. That's Mommy. Elf is about That's what I said. Blitzen Ale. Uh, Number two, Black Closier Brewing, the True Scotsman. And number one. Closier? Is that (laughs) Cloister? Cloister. Cloister. The team looked like an eye to him. I get it. Number one, Great Lakes, Chill Wave. Ooh. That sounds like a bad guy in the Flash or TV show. I'm Chill Wave. Does sound like a bad guy in the Flash. Uh, So there you go. There's your beers. Uh, Thank you, everybody. Uh, Next week, we will have the winner of the uh, draft. In fact, uh, Thomas Kirk actually has his own Dunham Bulls. That he drafted. I Dunham. like it. Dunham. <laughs> Dunham. Sturm. Whatever. <laughs> Give me the fuck out of here. Bad idea of the week. I don't know. Oh, My, number 87, me trying to pronounce beers. <laughs> yeah. Or Go ahead, Jason, read your beer list. <laughs> Roger says goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> from walking dead to talking heads, from comic books to TV sets, there's a history. Not so bad. There's the history. It's the history of bad, so bad, the history of bad.